the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. It's a new week. Some of the same old things we'll be talking about today. We'll get back to, we'll get to the memo in a few minutes and what's been going on over the weekend about that. The president is out speaking right now and uh, touting the information dealing with his uh, tax reform. I wanted to talk further with that. And when you want to talk about uh, tax reform, you talk to the godfather of tax reform from Americans of tax reform. Grover Norquist joins us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, Grover, how are you today? I am doing peachy keen. <laughs> All right. It is a good day. It Taxes is a good day. Lower. Yeah, if things are going well. I mean, I wanted to have you on. I, I haven't had you on uh, since they've passed tax reform. I know you're happy about it. You probably want it more, just like I want it more. But doggone it, it's pretty good. It's it's uh, starting to show some real, uh, I guess, uh you know, factoring in some things that are, are starting to work. We're seeing companies respond to it. Uh, look, it is a very good first step. There's more we need to do, but uh, this get, threading the needle on this, uh, there's a, a lot of opposition. Uh, every single Democrat voted no. Every single Democrat in the House and the Senate voted no for a bill that cuts taxes for 90% of Americans. There are a handful of higher-income Americans who are losing some deductions and credits, but they can reorganize their lives around not doing deductions and credits. Uh, and I was surprised when the bonus thing hit, right? Yeah. I said, I can see all the good stuff that's going to come because this tax bill immediately expenses all new business investment. That's why the uh, airplane companies are all buying new airplanes and, and buying a lot of new uh, equipment because anything that any like a, uh, a a plane or a computer or something that goes into your factory to make your workers more efficient, you expense it in year one rather than depreciate over ten or twenty years. That makes new business investment less expensive. And then when you earn a dollar, instead of the government taking thirty five cents away, they take twenty one cents away. Mm-hmm. So you increase the after tax cash flow for every business in the country by about you know. Um, 15 points. Okay. That is why you've seen the stock market go up. It's why you've seen, and then these bonuses came out where companies were going, I don't know everything we're going to do, but we're going to start paying people more. And here, AT&T, $1,000 bonuses for 200,000 people. Uh, We keep a list of the companies that we hear about, and I want to encourage all of the uh, businessmen and women in your listening audience, if you're giving a bonus out or plan to give a bonus out, uh, or you work for someone who did, Go to ATR.org, which is where we keep the list, and just let us know what you've done. We have 
a lot of small businesses that have, have uh, you know, emailed in and said, here's the name of the company, and we did this, and this is why. Three of them have been invited to go on Fox TV. So you become a movie star out of it. Um, <laughs> but we've, three million Americans, we, we've been able to, to, to count from companies that have called in. At least three million Americans have gotten bonuses um, in their companies, about 300-plus uh, companies on, on the list. It keeps adding every day. HER.org, right there in the dead center. Um, if you want to just see all the, all the companies that have done it, but add, add your own comp, uh, company if it's it, – it can be small. That's okay. We're not just going for the big ones. Um, we want people to know about this. The president's been kind enough to tweet it out. Uh, Bloomberg News tweeted it out. <laughs> sort of, uh, we have a list here um, and sent it out to let people know about it. Add to the good news of those bonuses, which are nice, uh, and they include pay increases and, and other things. Every single investor-owned utility bases their costs, what they charge you and me for electricity, based on their costs. If the federal government increased the taxes, they would in on them, your power plant would increase the cost of electricity um, to your home. But since we just cut their taxes rather substantially, every single dollar there is going back out in lower um, bills, smaller bills for electricity. Uh, Florida Power and Light, I was just talking to the governor down there, a billion-dollar tax cut. And so they were all planning to get hit with this massive increase in the utilities bills because of the storm that came through and did so much damage. And whenever there's damage, then the utility says, hey, we have to rebuild everything so you get to pay for it and you have to pay more for electricity. We won't be raising the cost of power in Florida because the tax cut uh, more than covers uh, what we are going to have to spend to rebuild some of these lines and so on. So lower electricity costs across the country indefinitely into the future, right? This, This continues forever all the bonuses, and in February, uh, most people will see, beginning early February, the first paycheck in February, certainly by the end of February, um, all future paychecks will show you the reduction in withholding. And you have more take-home pay. I mean, a tax cut is a pay increase. Correct. And so when the government cuts your taxes, your pay goes up, and that starts showing up in your February checks, and 90% plus of the American people will see that every two weeks from now until the election, there'll be a little note. And the little note will say, hey, you're making more money than you used to. And by the way, Democrats voted against that. Hmm? Yeah. I like that. Um, amazing. Oh, and one other thing. If you have a mutual fund, 101 million Americans, about half of adults, 101 million Americans, have a mutual fund, a 401k, an IRA, those have all been going up, even with a blip recently. They're up dramatically over the last year uh, and will continue to trend upwards. So people's life savings is getting bigger. So it's a lot of good news, and we're going to be reminded of it again and again and again between now and November, and it's changing people's attitudes about President Trump, about the tax bill itself. Reality is winning over... um, Hyperbole? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the, the other side has been saying this is nothing but crumbs. 
that just shows me how out of touch they really are. Because I got to tell you, two to four hundred dollars a month extra in your paychecks—that's a huge deal for a middle-class family. It was. It was not wise of the left to have started with. Um, they started with this will raise taxes on middle-class people. Mm-hmm. That was the first lie they told, and they knew it wasn't true because they they knew what was going to be in the bill. But if they'd stopped the bill, if it hadn't passed, what if what if a couple of our senators, we got some old guys, weren't able to get get to vote, and one or two got scared off by left wing press in their state? If it hadn't passed, everyone would have believed that this was a bill to raise your taxes. Yeah. But because it passed, they've now got to live with having lied for several months. Yeah, so Doesn't do a lot for CNN's credibility. Yeah, well, they don't have any credibility, Grover. Come on. Grover Norquist is our guest, President of Americans for Tax Reform. So, Grover, what's the next step? What would you like to see uh, the administration do? I mean, you got to let this one settle in a little bit. Do you do you wait uh, a, a year and then start? And if you can win 2018, at that point, do you strike again? Yeah. Um, two things. One, um, we've already had a $30 billion tax cut since the big tax cut, okay? That was when they, remember when they did a little continuing resolution to keep the government going? Yes. There was a $30 billion tax cut in that. We took three of the Obama tax cuts and, and made them take effect later. Now, we, we want to get rid of those, but they were going to take effect, and so we pushed them out into the future. Um, we couldn't get any Democrats to, to kill them. This is the health insurance tax, which is a tax on health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to make your health insurance cost less, you know, it's a vicious 500 buck tax per year. Um, there was a tax on, uh, medical devices, uh, and a tax on people that had health insurance. So those are all pushed off into the future. Uh, no, we're going to look at every opportunity to cut taxes. I think we'll have another significant tax cut, um, uh, this coming year as part of any budget deals that we move forward. But you're right. We win the House and Senate again. Um, you know, we have a lot of work yet to do. Um, and in terms of just bringing the rates down further because the government's spending too much money, uh, I think we can look at them. I, I just got handed to me the list of companies that I know have done uh, bonuses. The Bank of the Ozarks gave bonuses of up to $1,200 for 2,300 employees. It's got up to $1,200. Home bank shares, $500 for 850 employees. And then Lowe's, 10 stores in Arkansas got bonuses. Home Depot, 14 stores in Arkansas. Best Buy, 10 stores in Arkansas. Each of these companies did this nationally. There are 50 Walmart stores in Arkansas. They got bonuses. Five Sam's Clubs. So um, this is the the, the short list we have of um, companies in Arkansas that are doing bonuses, benefits, wage increases. Walmart gives $5,000 in benefits for adoption costs is one of the things that flowed from tax reform. So Grover, what, uh, what can folks uh, look forward to uh, come November? I know the left is energized, at least their craziest left side of their base is energized. Is, is the right still energized to keep this going? Insufficiently, this tax cut helped. The narrative for too much of this last year was from the left. You know, the, the, Trump hasn't done anything. The Republicans haven't done anything. 
And some people who thought they were being helpful conservatives stood on the sideline, and instead of actually helping pass anything, they just whined that everything hadn't been done already. Um, and legislation takes longer than you'd like to, uh, and nobody tells a couple of those senators <laughs> what to do, so mm-hmm. they wander around. Um, Mitch McConnell did incredible service in herding all, 52 cats with egos the size of cattle, um, herded them in and got every single one to vote for the tax bill. The tax bill also, the tax reform bill, also included drilling in Anwar, yes. which is a new area that the radical environmentalists had kept from oil exploration. They believe there's as much oil there as in Prudhoe Bay, which has kept Alaska going for 40 years. This is a lot of oil. It makes the country more secure financially in terms of you know having to buy oil from overseas and so on. Massive steps forward. And we got rid of the tax that hit 6.6 million Americans. This is the Obama tax to punish you for not buying Obamacare. This doesn't get you anything. You don't get insurance. You, this was a tax, 700 bucks for a person. Um, you didn't buy insurance, bang, hit you on the side of the head, make, pay, uh, fine you, the, the tax are fine. They go back and forth between the two. Um, they fine you or tax you $700. 6.6 million Americans were hit with that tax. That goes away. That is gone with this tax reform um, package. So I think that if people focus on the, the benefits of the tax cut and the energy, the growing economy, some of that is from a lot of the less regulation that Obama has driven through. We have a Supreme Court that's not trying to think of ways to, uh, to destroy Western civilization on a weekly basis. Um, it is a um, much better uh, structure going forward, and we need to be rem- reminded that Hillary Clinton wanted to raise taxes um, by a trillion dollars instead of cutting them by $1.5 trillion. Mm-hmm. She wanted to massively increase regulations rather than reduce them. She wanted to take spending up in unimagined levels instead of beginning to rein it in. So not only has Trump improved the world from where we were, but we dodged a bullet uh, on an effort that would have just pushed us over the ledge on taxes and spending and regulations and losing control over our own lives because all this power would flow to Washington instead of remain with families. Well, Grover, I promised him I'll only keep you 20 after and I'll keep my promise because I know more than likely in two weeks, I'll run into you over at CPAC and we'll try to get you to come on the air at that time. I would as love well. to. All right. Well, Look we'll do it. You have a great afternoon. We'll talk to you later. Grover Norquist, he's president of Americans for Tax Reform. Uh, If there's one man who has his finger on what this kind of reform really does at the ground roots level, it is Grover Norquist. We'll get him on at CPAC here in a couple of weeks in Washington, D.C. I've got John Karsh's uh, phone number for you, Russ, and I'll give it to you, and you can set him up for an interview when we're on the air live there here in a couple of weeks. Let's get a quick break in. Don't forget about Lewis family beef. I was talking to Cody today, said that uh, he's been getting about three, four calls every week from people who are looking to have clean beef, really tasty, clean beef, beef that, you know, that the cow doesn't, uh, isn't full of antibiotics or hormones. He's been raised out or she has been raised out in the pasture. So she, they're, they're stress-free. They're going to, the meat's going to be more tender and tasty for you. I mean, it's really, really good beef. 
who's never tried their beef, you need to. If you're out in the Greenbrier area, stop by and visit with them. I mean, you can uh, give them a call and pick up a roast or uh, pick up some steaks and take them home and give them a shot if you want to. Uh, you can buy a quarter, a half, or a whole cow uh, using Lewis Family Beef. Then the packing house takes over. They'll cut the uh, steaks. They'll cut the meat up the way that you want it. They'll uh, you know, prepare the, the ground beef for you, things of that nature. And you will marvel when you get it of the difference in taste of their beef over what you buy at the big box store. They cut it the way you want it, and then uh, Lewis Family Beef will deliver it right to your home. Now, you can call them by phone. Call Cody or Sarah at 501-514-1494. That's 501-514-1494. Or go to their Facebook page, check them out, ask them questions, get things set up. Uh, tax money's going to be coming in. Now's the time to load up your freezer. Facebook.com slash Lewis Family Beef. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick. Uh, my thanks to Grover Norquist, who is always very, very busy. We're taking uh, about uh, 20 minutes to talk with us here on the show today, Americans for Tax Reform. I think ATR.org is their website. You want to uh, catch up on all of those businesses. He uh, broke it down here in Arkansas about how many Lowe's stores, how many Walmart stores, how many Home Depot stores here in the state. Uh, we're giving out uh, bonuses and things of that nature. Uh, great guy. We'll get uh, back in touch with him at, at CPAC. And we're going to try hard when we're at CPAC uh, to do some uh, Facebook Live material. Uh, it all depends on how strong they've uh, built up the Wi-Fi at uh, where we're staying at. Sometimes they don't do enough. Hopefully they will have done enough, uh, this year so that, uh, we're able to get on and, and stay on. What was it about three years ago that they just really screwed it up Royal Russ and we went in there and we could hardly even text out of there. It was really, really bad, but, uh, they've done really well the last, uh, couple of years, uh, dealing with that. Uh, good to have you along for the ride today. Uh, I think Grover is exactly right. I think that the Democrats overplayed their hand on the uh, tax reform measure because you'll remember, as he reminded you, first thing they said is that your taxes would go up because of this uh, tax reform, which they did not, which they knew would not happen. Uh, but they were trying to kill uh, the tax reform bill. Their their object uh, with their uh, hyperbole was to get it stopped so that then they could use that as a narrative to say, see the American people understood and they've got, gotten hold of their uh, congressmen. They've gotten a hold of their senators and told them stop this tax plan. Then after it did pass and people started seeing some money in their checks and know that they're going to get a, get some money into their checks and some people started getting bonuses. Then the narrative went to, it's just crumbs. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has just, she's quadrupled down on that. Um, she's brought Debbie Wasserman Schultz in saying the same thing. Other Democrat legislators are saying the same thing. And here's the key. Uh, if you think two to $400 a month 
in your paycheck is crumbs or that a thousand dollar bonus is crumbs, feel free. If you don't want those crumbs, uh, you can send them to me and I'll be, uh, more than willing to take those crumbs, make myself a full loaf of bread and, uh, go to the store and, and have some fun and, uh, buy a few things and, uh, put a little bit more money in my 401k. Todd Starnes is up next and I'll be back. All right. We're going to have some special market coverage for you at, uh, 10 minutes till, uh, the hour, uh, catch up on what's going on with the stock market. People, some people are freaking out. You know, the news going crazy right now. It dropped a thousand points. The market dropped a thousand points. Now it's about 700 points and uh, it's fluctuating right now. Some of that may be because of Janet Yellen. Did you hear about this uh, exit interview she did with CBS, uh, Russ, on CNBC? Janet Yellen ended her long career at the Federal Reserve with concerns over how high the stock market has surged under her watch. The uh, S&P 500 has soared 315% since the March 2009 bear market lows and about 53% since she took over as the chair of the Central Bank in 2004. Yellen said in an interview with CBS News that market valuations are the source of some concern as she headed into private life following a 14-year Fed career. The last four of that she spent as the chair. She spoke as the market finally took a breather from what has been a breathtaking move higher. You remember that the Dow jumped uh, or dropped a little over 600 points Friday right now. It's uh, about 700 points lower uh, today. And she says, well, I don't want to say it's too high, but I do want to say high. She said, price earning ratios are near the high end of their historical ranges. In addition to elevated equity prices, Yellen also said commercial real estate is quite high compared with rents. Uh, Now, is that a bubble or is it too high? And there it's very hard to tell, but it's a source of some concern that asset valuations are so high. She said Fed critics say the central bank purposely pushed up the stock market in an effort to create a wealth effect that officials hoped would spill over into the broader economy. The federal open market committee, the bank's policy making arm, took its key overnight interest rate target to near zero in 08 and left it there for seven years. In addition, the Fed expanded its bond portfolio, called its balance sheet from just shy of 800 million uh, or billion at the end of 27, uh, 2007 to more than 4.5 trillion under Yellen. Uh, the federal open market committee approved five quarter point rate hikes and began a program to shrink that balance sheet gradually. Yellen told CBS that while she is concerned about asset valuations, a drop, she did not specify by how much quote would not unduly damage the core of our financial system. Yellen's successor, Jerome Powell, was sworn in this morning. So bottom line, you know, she's talking about, well, maybe the stock market's too hot. That would send a uh, 
message, of course, to people who are in the stock market that maybe, just maybe, they're going to really tighten up the interest rates and, you know, cool it off. And so people are taking their gains from the uh, from the, uh, the the stock market right now. So, you know, did she did she cause this? I don't think she helped it. I don't know if I can say uh, completely that she uh, was responsible for it, but let's just put it this way. She had something to do with it, with what the things that she said. So we'll find out. I mean, when the news media starts taking a full, uh, you know, extra nine minutes, basically, of my, my program to do a segment just on the stock market. What does it mean? Relax. You know, should you relax? Should you panic? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and we're going to take it and we're going to give it to you. Just uh, listen to what they have to say. I think it's a bunch of hooey about nothing. I'm not expecting, uh, you know, thousand point drops every day. But uh, this is, uh, you know, it's it's a race to gains that it's made this year. Uh, but we're only in February, folks. We still got 10 months left in this year to make it that and more up. So keep that. Keep that in mind. Please keep that in mind. All right. So um, later on in the show, we're going to talk about the, uh, the FISA memo. The uh, the news media, uh, you know, is the way they lean left. Let me make this statement to you, that if this had been a Republican uh, administration who had done what the Obama administration and the, and the FBI and the DOJ had done, uh, the montage that I'm going to play for you would have been completely reversed. All right. It had been completely reversed. So this is cut four that we have for you today. This is a montage of the media racing to downplay this FISA abuse memo. And here's what went out uh, on Sunday and over the weekend. The reviews are in and Congressman Nunez's memo was a dud. The Nunez memo is a dud. Let's start with Sean Hannity, uh, not to be undeterred uh, by the sort of dud factor of the memo. That this d- memo was a complete dud. It overpromised and underdelivered. I mean, it's it's pretty much a dud. I, I, I got to tell you, though, I mean, it's kind of a dud. It doesn't really deliver. I prefer really big revealing documents to really narrow duds. This looks like a dud. I could tell you from reading this memo and consulting with a wide range of experts, it's a dud. This memo is a dud. Nothing. A dud. But it is nothing. A nothing burger. And less interesting about this memo is what what is in it. It's pretty much a nothing burger. A nothing burger. Quote, dishonest, misleading, partisan nothing burger. The only thing I fear from this memo, because I think it's really been a huge dud. Uh, Some of the GOP uh, Tea Party members were out there saying that this is the most vile thing they'd ever seen. Uh, and it's a big dud. Uh, it's a dud. Unfortunately, it fell flat yesterday, much, I think, to the chagrin of the president. This memo was a complete dud. Everybody knows it was kind of a dud, even the people in the Republican Party who thought they were going to start some big trial balloon here. Nothing changed. All right. It was a dud. So let's talk about what it was a dud about. It was a dud, even though the FBI lied to the FISA court. Lied to him, not once, not twice, 
Not three times, but four times. It's a dud. Because the FBI and DOJ, when uh, they went to the FISA court uh, for uh, the ability to spy on a, uh, an American citizen, said, well, look. Look at, it. look at this information from this news story by uh, Isaacoff. Even though Isaacoff's news story was nothing more than a news story about the information from the dossier. The dossier is what they, they, you know, they took to the FISA court. They didn't tell them there were political you know, players behind that. They didn't tell them the DNC was behind it. They didn't tell them that Hillary Clinton herself you know, put money up to, to fund it. We can go on and on about this. They lied to a judge about this, a FISA judge, to be able to uh, spy on an American citizen. Now, if they'll do that for uh, for this guy, what makes you think that they wouldn't lie to take care of you? And you probably are saying to yourself right now after I said that, well, I'm not a big player, Dave. So, so if they think, if they think that you have terrorist ties, if they uh, think that you've gotten too big for your britches in the political realm, if they think you perhaps have information or you're, you're on to something that could be causing uh, a problem for the party in power, and I, I'll say this, it could be Republican, it could be Democrat. In this case, it was Democrat. If I get that information and I want to I go in and I want to get the president of the uh, other administration what, what says that they can't come after you? This was an egregious uh, thing to be done. If the FBI and DOJ will lie to federal judges to be able to go after members of uh, our, our citizenry here in this country, we've started down a very slippery slope at that point. And uh, that's a slope that leads to the Stasi and things of that nature. So I don't think it's a dud. I think it's important. I think it will become more important as we go along and as more uh, material comes out. I'm, in, I'm interested to see what the inspector general has to say in his report about the FBI as well. It was that report that McCabe was forced out as the number two man in the FBI. So be interesting to see what's there. Remember, it's all coming out slowly, just like it did in Watergate. Drip, drip, drip. And you get these little small things, but you know what? You start adding them all together, they suddenly, you start seeing a much bigger picture. And uh, there's much more about this that is going to come out. All right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that because we get the special report about the markets coming up here in just a moment. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Monday show. Stay with us. We've got a lot more to talk about at 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right, we're down to about 60 seconds before we have this special report dealing with the markets that we're going to go to. But I want to leave a question in your mind before we go to that. About this memo, how do you think the press would have responded to this if Jeff Sessions had uh, gone to the FISA court to be able to open up an investigation on an American citizen 
and he used a dossier of information uh, to get that uh, opened, and that dossier had been funded by the RNC and the Trump uh, presidential campaign. How do you think they would have responded to that? You know how they would have responded. All right, time for Fox. Let's get to them. I think Grinnell Scott's going to have the information for us about right now. Are they ready for us? They're not ready yet. Okay. Boy, I did that so well. I was ready to go. Okay. <laughs> There's going to be another minute. I, man, they screwed it up for me. They screwed it up for me, Russ. I, I hit it just, I know it's not your fault. I'm not blaming you. They said 250, we got it there and they turned around and they, now they want to do it at 249. All right. I got 30 seconds coming up in the, uh, the next hour. Bob Diener is going to join us. Um, he's the guy who does uh, getaroom.com. He is the man who started hotels.com and then got bought out. Uh, he sold the company, uh, made a lot of money off of it, off of it, had to stay out of the business for about five years, did so, and started getaroom.com. And now it's a huge, huge uh, presence on the Internet as well. He'll be with us in the next hour. This is a breaking news update live on 96.5 FM. The answer. Breaking news coverage from Fox News Radio. This is a Fox News alert. The Dow on a roller coaster ride to the end of the day. I'm Grinnell Scott, Fox News Radio, New York. We have been following the stock market over the last couple of hours here and have seen a very significant sell-off with the Dow Jones Industrial Average dipping as low as down 1,600 points. Now, the numbers uh, have been fluctuating ever since, and less than 10 minutes before the close, the Dow is now down just a shade under 1,000 points. Now, as you might expect, uh, there were a lot of hectic moments on the floor of the New York Stock Four seventy one. I want to bring in uh, Fox News's Carol Zimmer, who uh, monitors business for us. And and Carol, as we look at these numbers and and as we race towards the close today, there is that word that comes up uh, when people see this kind of thing, and that is correction. This is not that. This is not that. Uh, we have seen the biggest intraday point drop in history, but not yet officially a correction. A correction would be. A 10% drop from the closing high on January 26th. The Dow would have to fall to 23,950 to officially be labeled a correction. So we're trying to figure out what's going on here. Well, analysts say that investors have concerns about higher interest rates and rising inflation. The downward move was sparked by wage data that came out on Friday that pointed to quickening inflation that would lead to higher interest rates and then eventually rising borrowing costs for companies. Some analysts say that's what's behind this sell-off. And and we want to keep you up to date on where the numbers stand right now. We're about uh, at uh, 1,076 points down. Again, we are about seven and a half minutes before the uh, close of trading for the day. Now, we have not yet heard uh, words uh, on uh, this sell-off from the President of the United States, Donald Trump, uh, as he is uh, often talking about how the stock market has uh, arisen since he has been in office. We have not heard from him, uh, in effect, uh, as to how uh, this sell-off and how he is reacting to this sell-off 
We do know that the uh, on Friday we saw a, a drop as well, Carol, of about 600 points. Yes, yeah, 665 points on Friday, and that was pretty uh, intense itself. That was after good economic news. Uh, so far today, the Dow and the S&P have erased all of the gains that they had in 2018. We have energies, financials, healthcare sectors, the biggest decliners on the S&P today, all 30 Dow stocks down. And uh, as we know now, uh, with this drop today, now over 1,100 points at this point, we're about... Uh, just about five minutes before the close of trading on Wall Street, uh, we are down 1116, 1120 points now as the numbers continue to fluctuate at the end of this day. Uh, and, and we are waiting to see exactly where these numbers will fall at the very end. Let's uh, check in now as uh, uh, we want to uh, just briefly take a look at what's going on with the Fox News, uh, Fox Business Network and see what they are saying about what, uh, the, what is happening here. The Fed's concerned about uh, inflation, Mm -hmm. and so people are worried they're going to raise rates even faster. When that's your reason for a correction, that's not a bad reason. It's not terrorism. It's not war. It's not high unemployment. So, yeah, the the fundamentals are still there. The Federal Reserve isn't committed to anything they can pull back if they need to. So it's it's hard to really get too negative about what's happening right now. Less than five minutes to trade in the uh, very, very volatile, that's an understatement session here, John Sylvia, about the Federal Reserve. Jerome Powell today, his official first day here. uh, Do you think that it would be a mistake to continue on the track of raising three times this year for interest rates, or is that just fine of a path? Now, I think three times is probably consistent with the overall economy and the inflation numbers. But there was a lot of talk about the Fed going a fourth time this year. I think that's off the table. The fundamentals are great. Uh, The inflation numbers are modest. uh, But uh, I think, again, too aggressive a Fed could be a problem going forward. Well, can I just let you know that the 10-year yield just now dropped 10 basis points? It had been down, what, what did I say earlier, eight basis points? Now it's down 10 basis points. Yep. That, folks, is the flight to quality. Right, Scott Bauer? Oh, there's no question about it. And, you know, Alan mentioned this before also. This is really key to watch what's happening with, with the 10-year right here. But, listen, let, let's take a step back here, everybody, and, and go back five or six weeks. Okay, I know we can't go back in time. We can't Monday morning quarterback it, but go back five, six weeks. We're right here. What has changed? Well, we see interest rates ticked up a, a bit. We're still seeing fantastic economic numbers. We're seeing great top. Well, I'll tell you what, let's bring growth. it back here and uh, uh, give some final notes before we uh, leave you for a quick second. But uh, the, again, as we take a look at uh, the numbers as we approach the close of business today, the Dow now down on this day. 1,024 points. The number is still fluctuating, going up and down. And uh, as we are are seeing, uh, the uh, S&P and the Dow have turned negative for this year. So any gains that have been made this year uh, are are gone at this point with this drop today. And we, we still have yet, even when the closing bell rings, there is still that final fluctuation that we have to to uh, understand where uh, the uh, numbers will actually shake out into what those final numbers will be. And we are actually waiting to see exactly what that will be. For Carol Zimmer, I'm Grinnell Scott. We're continuing to watch the numbers for you. This is Fox News Radio. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick. 
And, uh, you know, I want to shake my head. What do you know from that? You know, the, the thing that they didn't mention, they didn't mention that Yellen interview she did on uh, TV today. I mean, that you got to take that into consideration as well. You know, business numbers are, are good and all the rest, and you get Yellen, who's leaving as uh, the Fed chair, saying, you know, would I say that stock market's too hot? Uh, no, I don't think I'd say that. Is it, you know, is it too high? Might be able to say it's too high. I uh, might be wanting to say that we should do something as far as interest rates. You know, those are things that, uh, you know, she was saying, and that's going to have a, a direct uh, effect as well. So anyway, the uh, market it'll be, will be closed here uh, within the next minute. I'll be back with you after Fox News coming up here in just a moment. And uh, we'll be joined by Bob Denier. Bob Denier is the uh, head honcho of getaroom.com. You get a man who started uh, hotels.com. You want to hear what he has to say? Where's the hot place to go? for spring break. That's all coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year. And we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at juristlawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. Well, once or twice every year, I have Bob Diener on. Bob is the man who was the brainchild behind uh, Hotels.com. Uh, it became very, very, very popular. He sold it. Could have retired to, you know, the Gold Coast down there in, in Florida around Miami and just kicked back and enjoyed himself down there. But he did not. He said, if I did it once, let's see if I can do it again. So he started a brand new uh, online place that you could go to get great prices on rooms and it's called getaroom.com. I use it uh, religiously when I'm looking for a place to go stay, uh, for a, uh, you know, a getaway or, or whatever. And, uh, he's going to join us today. Bob is, uh, I'm sure he's down somewhere in sunny Southern, uh, Florida, uh, basking in the sun. Are you out by your pool with a, with a really nice drink with an umbrella in it? All right, well, don't hate me. I'm here with my uh, – I had to bring my kite surfing uh, board into the beach here. I'm here <laughs> in Miami Beach. It's about 80 degrees right now, nice ocean breeze, and uh, absolutely beautiful down here in Miami. And Florida is a, is, a, is a really a great bargain when you think about how expensive it is all over the Caribbean. And you yes. pop down to Miami. Airfares are pretty good. And there's so many great places out here, but uh, it's beautiful right now. Absolutely beautiful. Bob, I don't want to make either one of us feel old, but we've been doing 
uh, this since the nineties. It's been, wow. it's been a while, brother. We've been talking about this stuff and I, I like to come and talk to you at least twice a year. Once at this time of the year, when people are starting to make up their minds about what they want to do for spring break with their kids and things of that nature. And then we'll do it again, uh, when springtime gets here and we start looking at the summer and into, uh, the early fall when the families are going to be going on big vacations. And, you know, with the way things have been going, uh, with business, uh, with, uh, some of the things that president Trump has done, people are getting more money in their uh, paychecks. People are going to be paying less taxes. Businesses are, uh, making more money. Just seems like it's going to be a good time to do some traveling. Would you not think so? Well, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's actually really busy out there. I and mean, we're, we're surprised how busy it is out there for hotels because people are feeling better and there's a lot of confidence and people have more, uh, people have more money to spend now and they feel good about the 401ks and so forth. So yes, uh, lots, uh, lots of people are traveling. There's lots of good values out there. You need to know some tricks, you know, in terms of how to save some yeah. money, because if you do it right, you can save a bundle. It's, it's, uh, Prices vary widely right now, so definitely, uh, definitely good to have some extra knowledge before you go ahead and book your vacations. Well, let's talk about a few th- a few places people like to go uh, during uh, the holiday, during spring break. Let me start off with a place towards the west. In Vegas, is always some place people like to go. Vegas, uh, a few years ago, were that man? They were rock bottom rates. That's not the that's not the case anymore. Things are coming back out in Vegas. Well, rates have come back to some extent. Uh, Vegas is still a bargain. Now, the biggest trick I can tell, uh, or tip, I should say, I I can tell you listeners about Vegas is uh, if you can go during the week, if you can get away during the week, now the week I mean Sunday night through Thursday night, or at least get a couple of your days or a day during the week, the rates are much lower than the weekends because the weekends a lot of people drive out from California and and it gets busier. So if if you can take your trip, Sunday night through Thursday, you're going to save uh, a lot more. But the rates are so good right now. I mean, we've got on our um, uh, on our site right now hotels like the Excalibur, uh, which is great if you've got kids because they've got so much entertainment. Mm-hmm. $64 a night wow. most nights. Now, now, rates vary in Vegas. Again, weekday, weekend, and if there's a major convention, it's going to be more. But most nights we've got – rates in this range we've got circus circus listen to this from 29 dollars a night now that's Good not grief. per person that's for the room 29 dollars and i mean where have you heard of hotel rates for 29 dollars no. anywhere no not it's even incredible no they, they definitely will leave a light on for you uh, yeah i mean it's really amazing you got those circus acts all day long and lots of entertainment now you know another thing about vegas is uh, downtown vegas fremont street uh, mm-hmm. has been totally redone. And, you know, it was kind of the original place in Vegas and it went downhill for a while. And then most of the hotels renovated. So you got hotels like the golden, golden nugget that are um, beautiful four star hotels. And we've got them for $49 a night. We've got hotels like the Plaza for $37 a night. Um, and everything down there is less money. The, the food is less, the fays are less and the hotels are less and they're nice hotels. And it's it's a fun street to walk up and down, yep. and you can it's not too far to get to to uh, um, to the strip. So think about that. Uh, but the Vegas is definitely a bargain. 
Uh, we've got hotels like MGM on most nights from, from $99 a night. The, the Link Hotel from 73 One of my favorites is Orleans because it's got the New Orleans theme. So, you know, Mardi Gras is going on right now in New Orleans, and you don't have to go to New Orleans. You can go to Vegas, stay at the Orleans Hotel, and it's Mardi Gras all the time over there. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, it's great food, and we got it from $70 a night. Now, just a few tips here. Okay, when you book in your hotel, we've set up this system called the unpublished rate system. I think we talked about this. Yes, uh, we have. The last time I was on the show. So what we did is we went to um, uh, in our hotels, and now we've got about 140,000 hotels. That's how many we're up to. So we've got almost every hotel in the country right now. And, and what we do is we go to the hotels, we strike a deal, we put the deals on the website, and then we say, hey, listen, can you give us a better deal if we hide the rate in our call center? It's called unpublished rates. And we've got about half our hotels will give us a lower rate in the call center than they'll let us put on the internet because they don't want anybody, everybody seeing it. But they're fine if you call our reservation number. You can find the numbers on the website. So you go to getaroom.com, you'll see phone numbers on there. If you call and say, I want the unpublished rate, you can typically save 10 to 20%, but we have a lot of hotels that lower the rate up to 60%. And, and almost every hotel in Las Vegas, for example, participates. So all those rates I told you, they could be a lot less if you pick up the phone and call. So, so you know, what I tell people is do your research, find the best rate on the Internet. You can go to our site. You can look around. Look, find the best rate. And then pick up the phone and call the phone number on our website and say you want the unpublished rate. Now, the hotels won't give it to you if you call the hotels. So this is a deal we struck with the hotels. You've got to call our call center to get this. But again, you just go to you just go to getaroom.com. You'll see the you'll see the phone number on there. Call so you want the unpublished rate. And at participating hotels, it's an easy way to save on average about twenty percent. But again, some hotels, especially in places like they, I've seen even seventy percent off at some of the best hotels in Vegas. Wow. So there's no reason not to save more money. Now you don't have to spend a lot of time on the phone. Figure out what you want online. Do your research. When you have everything set and you've done your you've done your homework, call and say, I want this hotel on this night. I see it's seventy five dollars online. Do you have an unpublished rate? They'll tell you yes or no. They'll tell you they'll tell you what the rate is. And if you can save twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty percent, it's uh it's worth the two minutes to pick up the phone. Yeah, it definitely is. Plus, you know, you use getaroom.com and uh, I think what is it, rent uh, ten ten times and you get a you get a free night. Yeah, so you know, I always tell people that uh, uh, take it uh, take advantage of of you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of hotel programs that you can join. They're free. Join them because you get amenities, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of hotels, if you're part of their frequent stay program, you may get free internet access. Sometimes you get an upgrade. Sometimes you get free food. But my favorite word in this industry is a four-letter word. It's a nice four-letter word. Yes, it's called free. So. Um, always look, and we so we put them on the website. Whenever we get um, hotels to throw these in, we put it. We say, we'll say free, free Wi-Fi, free breakfast, whatever it is. But whatever you can get for free, um, take advantage of it and join. Really join everything because it doesn't cost uh, doesn't cost anything. Same with airlines, doesn't car rental companies, doesn't cost anything to join their frequent uh, program. But if you're staying at a hotel or taking an airline or renting a car and you're part of their program. You're going to get treated like a VIP. 
and you get some freebies, and why not take advantage of it? Yeah, I'm I'm with that, uh, Bob. I'm I'm down with that. I use your all site exclusively. I really like it. It's easy to navigate. Uh, and I have Bob on because this guy's been in the uh, the tourism and uh, the hotel industry for many, 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 many years, and he can give you some I started, really. Good... I started when I was five years old. That's how we're doing this so long. <laughs> <laughs> we have been doing it for a long time. About a quarter of a century. That's pretty amazing to me as I started thinking about it today. But let's talk about, we talked about Vegas. So there's some great uh, deals there. I'm I'm sure families are thinking about Orlando and uh, Disney, uh, you know, Disney World and, uh, you know, Universal Studios. What's going on there? Are they still going up and and, uh, what's the best way to to get yourself a good price there? Yeah, so, so Orlando's um, going to have, based on what we're seeing in bookings, one of their busiest spring break seasons ever. Um, so uh, the good news is is that uh, everybody wants to go. It's going to be fun, but it's going to be, uh, if you wait till last minute, uh, unlike the last few years where you waited till last minute and you got a better deal, now it's going to be the opposite. You wait last minute and prices are likely, we believe, to be much higher. So we're telling people book, uh, book places like Orlando for spring break now because you don't want to wait till last minute. Uh, there's still good deals there. We've got hotels like the Cerro Lago, a good first-class mid-range hotel close to Disney, from $57 a night. Um, and even some of, my, some of the top hotels, like the Caribe Royale, a, a four-star, you get a huge one-bedroom suite during spring break in the mid-$100 a night range, which is mm. uh, great for that hotel. And there's lots of amenities, free transportation, and so forth. And, you know, a lot of people um, like to stay at Universal Studios, at the Universal Hotels. Um, the last time I was in Orlando, I stayed at one of the uh, Lowe's Universal Hotels. It was great because you can walk to all, all the Universal theme parks. Right. And they give you what's called a, a fast pass, so you don't have to wait in the long lines if you're a guest of a hotel at Universal. Um, so uh, these now the prices will – they're – pricier than the other hotels but you get this uh free pass and it's convenient and there's these fun little water shuttles that take you around to the theme parks and back to the hotel but again you've got to book those early because they they will they almost always sell out especially during spring break but you can still book them now They're, they've got the several hotels universal hotels most of them come with the only one that doesn't come with the pad the new sapphire doesn't give you the fast pass um but it's about half the price it's their new hotel but the uh the, the, the uh, Hard Rock does, which is a great hotel. The Portofino does, which is a great hotel. Uh, uh, the Royal Pacific does, which I've, I've stayed actually at all of them. They're all great hotels. Yeah, I've, seen, I've stayed at Portofino, and I was really uh, impressed with uh, their service there. They did a good job. Bob Diener is our guest. He'll be with us to the bottom of the hour. If you'd like to get a call in, you can. 823 Eight two three zero nine six five. If you're going somewhere for spring break, like to know, uh, like New York, Chicago, things, places like that. Down on the Gold Coast, down in uh, Texas, where are some good places to stay. He'll help you out. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Getaroom.com is the name of uh, his location on the internet uh, for his business. Getaroom.com. Don't forget about Lewis Family Beef, clean beef. No antibiotics or hormones used on their cows uh, that are sold to you uh, for your hamburger and your your roasts and your steaks. 
Uh, they also uh, put out on the field them graze so they're stress-free, makes the meat more tender. You can buy a quarter cow, a half of a cow, or a whole cow, and then that's turned over to the packing house. They'll call you. You talk to them. They'll ask you about how thick you want your steaks. You know, do you want a two-inch? Do you want a four-inch? You know, do you want how much of it do you want in as far as a, 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 a roast are concerned? How much hamburger do you want? I'll be having uh, uh, Cody and Sarah on again here, hopefully this week, uh, from Lewis Family Beef to talk more about uh, how you can get beef at a good price, fill up your freezer, and be ready for the whole year as far as beef goes. What you need to do is call Cody or Sarah at 501-514-1494, 501-514-1494, or Go to their Facebook page. I find it. It's the most convenient. It's facebook.com slash Lewis Family Beef. Bob Diener is our guest. Getaroom.com is his business. You can visit them online, getaroom.com. It's exactly where I go whenever I need to find a place to stay. Uh, if I'm going out on a trip or going on vacation or whatever. Bob, for the folks that are... Uh, Looking uh, for great places to go for spring break. We've talked about Orlando. I mean, Tampa's a nice place to go as well. Uh, so is Miami. Uh, it, let, let's talk about the college kids. Daytona Beach and the Gold Coast. What's things looking like down in their areas? Well, uh, Daytona Beach, uh, it used to be really popular. You know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of kids are going down to Mexico now. That's, that's the kind of, and Dominican Republic. I mean, those are big areas. But okay. if you go to Daytona Beach, um, there's still it is it is it is busy season there. Um, but uh, again, you want to book it early. We've got a lot of hotels down there uh, in in the two hundred dollar range. We've got a deal at the at the Plaza Resort and Spa that's right in Daytona Beach for around two hundred dollars a night. So most of the kind of first uh, first class hotels are going to be right around two hundred dollars a night. For um, those who want to go down to um, in Mexico or Dominican Republic. Let me start with Dominican Republic. Um, it's really one of the best bargains anywhere in the world right now. Uh, because most of the places down there are kind of all, uh, all-inclusive resorts. And, and for one price, you get everything. You get your meals. Uh, you know, first of all, you're right on the beach. Uh, all these places, and the beaches are absolutely beautiful. Um, and you can, I mean, we've got places down there, uh, like the Grand Palladium Punta Cana Resort and Spa, four-star plus. Uh, $200 a night. I mean, right on Bavaro Beach. And uh, again, these hotels, everything's included. Uh, and there's, uh, you know, we got the TRS, uh, also all inclusive. So we're talking all your meals, all your activities, really everything. $189 a night. And we've got amazing deals. We've got almost all the all inclusives in Punta Cana now at, a, at about 50% off. Wow. Punta Cana is really an uh, amazing deal. Same in Cancun. Uh, lots of, Lots of deals in Cancun and Riviera Maya, um, also in Cabo San Lucas, where you can be really right on the beach for a couple hundred dollars a night at um, just beautiful, uh, beautiful, luxurious four-star deluxe hotels. So those are definitely uh, a couple of areas in the sun. Now, if, you think, if you're thinking about uh, Tampa, another you know, area that's very popular, Sarasota, uh, you know, some other beautiful areas are Sanibel Island, Captiva, also really beautiful areas. They're definitely busy. Um, but if you book them early, you book them now for spring break, you can still get some decent deals. Um, also, a lot of people, we're showing um, 
our, 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 our number one destination now is Orlando. Number two is New York City. A lot of people go into New York, uh, and this is actually a good time to get deals in New York uh, because we've got hotels like the Four Star Tuscany Hotel in Murray Hill, uh, close to uh, uh, Grand Central, and you can pretty much walk everywhere uh, from 189 a night for Four Star Hotel in New York, which is really uh, a, a great deal. We have a what we call a flash sale. I don't know if I talked to you about flash sales before, but this is kind of a new thing. Flash sales are where hotels will lower the rate, usually somewhere from about the 20 to 40 percent, for for anywhere from a few hours to about 12 hours. And you can stay usually whenever you want, but if you book it during the flash sale, you get an amazing deal. So we've got a hotel called the Watson Hotel. It's it's a upscale hotel in New York. It's on the west side. It's on 57th Street, um, very close to Central Park. And the regular rate is about uh, $260 a night. We've got it for 40 to 50% off now uh, through most of the year from about 138 a night. And you can have a great hotel in New York, and it's about half of what all the other hotels are charging. Now, the trick is you got it on these flash sales. It's a snooze-you-lose type of program. So you got to book them while the flash sale is going on. This flash sale has got about eight more hours, but you can stay whenever you want. So you just go to the website, put your dates in, You'll see the flight. It'll tell you eight hours or four hours or ten hours left to book the deal. Book it. Lock it in. Most of them are refundable. You don't have to worry about it uh, if you need to cancel. Um, so it's a way to save a lot of money. And also the Wellington Hotel, which is right on the – it's in the upper 50s on the west side, 7th Avenue, a couple blocks from Central Park, for about 160 a night uh, for mm. the Wellington Hotel. So some really good deals in, in New York City right now. Uh, book them now. Once you get into uh, uh, March is a really good time to go. You start to get into spring. Once you get into uh, uh, you know mid-April, May, rates start to go up. So r- r- rates are really good right now in Manhattan. All right. We are out of time, Bob. A half hour with you goes very, very quickly. We'll get you on again, and we'll talk about summer vacation and into the early fall when kids are in, are able to travel and parents take their summer vacations. And we'll see what you have for us at that time as well. Bob Diener, getaroom.com. Thanks for joining us today, Bob. All right, great being on with you. Have a great day. Bye bye now. All right. So, Bob Diener, always nice to have him on. Like I said, I've been doing this for 25 years with him. Check in with him about twice a year and uh, talk to him about what are the hot places to go. And um, the Dominican Republic for you college students seems to be the place to go and uh, with great, great prices at all-inclusive resorts. All right, got to get a break in. When we come back, let's talk about the memo. We got more and more information to give to you here on the Dave Ellswick Show about that, orthotics and prosthetics. All right, wanted to talk uh, about the memo some more today. We've got time for that. Coming up at the top of the hour, uh, folks from uh, Conduit for Action will join us. Uh, Brenda will be with us today. Joe is out of town. He will not be able to join us. So Brenda will be with us. Final hour, Robert Steinbach will be with us. And we've got just a whole lot of different things to talk about, uh, with him. Uh, I know that they're out on the media that they are basically saying this memo that was released last Friday is a whole bunch of nothing. I mean, to prove that to you, let me play a piece of audio for you. Let me play uh, a piece of audio uh, dealing with uh, the media and, and their, their race on, on 
on the air to uh, downplay uh, the FISA memo and the abuse. Uh, not the FISA, but uh, the, the memo uh, that was, you know, taken, uh, used by um, the FBI and the DOJ. And we, we want to play, I want to play this, 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 uh, this media piece that we got. Here's the montage of the media and how they raced to downplay what was going on with the FISA court. Nunez's memo was a dud. The Nunez memo is a dud. Let's start with Sean Hannity. Uh, not to be undeterred uh, by the sort of dud factor of the memo. That this d- memo was a complete dud. It overpromised and underdelivered. I mean, it's it's pretty much a dud. I, I, mean, I got to tell you, though. I mean, it's kind of a dud. It doesn't really deliver. I prefer really big, revealing documents to really narrow duds. This looks like a dud. I could tell you from reading this memo and consulting with a wide range of experts, it's a dud. This memo is a dud. Nothing. A dud. But it is nothing. A nothing burger. And less interesting about this memo is what what is in it. It's pretty much a nothing burger. A nothing burger. Quote, dishonest, misleading, partisan nothing burger. The only thing I fear from this memo, because I think it's really been a huge dud. Uh, Some of the GOP uh, Tea Party members were out there saying that this is the most vile thing they'd ever seen. Uh, and it's a big dud. Uh, it's a dud. Unfortunately, it fell flat yesterday, much, I think, to the chagrin of the president. This memo was a complete dud. Everybody knows it was kind of a dud, even the people in the Republican Party who thought they were going to start some big trial balloon here. Nothing changed. There you go. It was a big dud. It was a nothing burger. Well, let, let's let's reconsider that, all right? Let's sit and talk about this. You know why the FBI... Uh, they tried to block this. They tried to keep this from coming out. They looked at it. They saw it and they asked that they not release this. So even by the FBI and the department of justice standards, this was really, really, really important. You have to pay attention to what, uh, is in and what went down dealing with this. The White House declassified the memo on Friday. And I would think that, you know, you might not be a libertarian, you know, who are worried about, you know, the government digging into your private life or whatever. Uh, But you should be, I would think, very disturbed about what went down because the memo confirms, no doubt about it, it confirms that the FBI and Justice Department obtained a, a, a FISA order to uh, surveil Carter Page, an American citizen who was a really relatively minor volunteer advisor to the Trump presidential campaign. The memo says an essential part of the FISA application uh, was the dossier. Assembled by a former British spy, Christopher Steele, and the research firm Fusion GPS that was hired by a law firm that was paid by the Clinton campaign and the DNC. The memo adds that former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe told the committee, this is the Intelligence Committee now, 
in December of 2017 that, quote, no surveillance warrant would have been sought without this dossier. It's troubling enough, but the memo also discloses that the FBI failed to inform the FISA court that the Clinton campaign had funded the dossier. The memo says the FBI supported its FISA application by extensively also citing a September 2016 article that was published by Yahoo News. And it contained allegations against Mr. Page. But the FBI failed to tell the court that Mr. Steele and Fusion were the main sources for that Yahoo article. In essence, the FBI was citing Mr. Steele to collaborate Mr. Steele. Now, something you got to understand about the FISA court. It's not like a typical court. In typical court, if you're if somebody's bringing something against you, you have the defense attorney there and you have the prosecuting attorney. In a FISA court, basically what you have is just the prosecuting attorney. You have nobody that's arguing for your side if you let's say in this case, Mr. Page, who they're going to be uh, doing the investigation on or trying to open up and do an investigation on the FBI and the justice appear by themselves as the applicants. And thus the judge depends on candor from both of them. In other words, you say you're the FBI, you are the DOJ. You're going to tell me the truth. Yet the FBI never informed the court that Steele was in effect working for the Clinton campaign. And in fact, was working for the DNC. The FBI retained Mr. Steele as a source. In October of 2016, he talked to Mother Jones Magazine without authorization about the FBI investigation and his dossier allegedly, uh, you know, showing collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. The FBI then fired Steele, but it never told the FISA judges about that either nor did it tell the court any of this as it sought three subsequent renewals of the order on Mr. Page because these orders are only good for 90 days. So no matter the motives, the FBI became a tool of of an anti-Trump political uh, action here. There There were political actors involved with this. And uh, this is unacceptable, of course, uh, in a democracy. And it ought to alarm you, you know, if you want the FBI to be a nonpartisan enforcer of the law. You don't want uh, the, the FBI just to be the enforcer of the Democrats or the FBI just to be the enforcers of the Republicans. You want them to be nonpartisan. We also know the FBI wasn't straight with Congress as it hid most of the facts that we've just talked about from investigators in a briefing on the dossier back in January of 2017. The FBI didn't tell Congress about Mr. Steele's connection to the Clinton campaign, and the House had to issue subpoenas for Fusion Bank records 
to discover the truth of that. Nor did the FBI tell investigators that it continued receiving information from Mr. Steele and Fusion even after it had terminated Mr. Steele. The memo says the Bureau's intermediary was Justice Department official Bruce Orr, whose wife, incredibly, worked for Fusion. Now, Democrats are howling that the memo produced by Republican staff is misleading and leaves out essential details. They're producing their own summary of the evidence, and by all means, let's see what's in it. President Trump should declassify it promptly, along with Senator Chuck Grassley's referral for criminal investigation of Mr. Steele. But note that Democrats aren't challenging the core facts that the FBI used the dossier to gain a a FISA order or the Bureau's lack of disclosure to the FISA judges. So bottom line, if all of this is damaging to the reputation of the FBI and the Justice Department, then that damage was self-inflicted. I recognize the need for the FBI to sometimes spy on Americans to keep the country safe. Very infrequently, by the way. But this is a power that should never be abused. And here it was being abused. It's apparent misuse during the presidential campaign needs to be fully investigated. Toward that end, you should see more of the documents that are behind the competing intelligence memos to judge who is telling the truth. Mr. Trump in the White House I would think would consider the remedy of radical transparency. Just something to keep in mind uh, as you're thinking about this. The FBI and DOJ were wanting, at least people who were in their agencies, Mr. Steele wanted to get rid of Trump. He wanted to defeat Trump. And they knew all of this and yet used the fruit from a poison tree to go out and do many of the things that they did. And you know, when you have the fruit of a poison tree, it makes everything that came from that fruit poisoned uh, as well. Hey, don't forget about Sonny's. Sonny's, uh, of course, is your place to go if, if you need a recycled auto part because they're the number one choice here in the area for recycled auto parts because their, their computer is you know, not only uh, setting up with all of the parts that they have, but they're, they're communicating with thousands of other auto salvage yards all over the United States and Canada. So if they don't have the part you need, they can find the part that you need. Now, maybe, you know, if you got a 2017 or 2016 or even 2015, you're still taking it to the dealer to get it fixed. But most of us who have cars that are, you know, five, uh, seven, 10, 13 years old. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go out and buy a brand new part from a dealership. I'll go to Sunny's Auto Salvage, get the part from one of their well-maintained total loss vehicles. That's what I did for my 2009 Corolla, needed a transmission. They found me a transmission uh, for the make and model and the year and uh, took that part for me and they installed it. That's right. They've got the mechanics there at Sunny's to do all the work. They'll install it for you. Get it. I got myself a three-year 
uh, warranty, parts and labor, and an unlimited mileage uh, warranty. So I'm feeling in good good shape. And the people I talked to before who wanted to do the same thing and give me a whole lot less wanted more money. I saved about, I think, somewhere around 700 bucks total on the work that was done on the transmission. That's Sunny Auto Salvage. You should start right there. Just give him a call and talk to R.D. or any of his folks that work there. 982-7451. That's 982-7451. That's Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. All right, so as all of this has been going on, Adam Schiff, Congressman Adam Schiff from the uh, 28th District uh, in California, has uh, been trying to cast all kinds of aspersions on this memo and the Intelligence Committee's, uh, you know, work that they have been doing about all of this, uh, the the collusion thing of Russia, and uh, has made all kinds of, of uh, you know, innuendo. Uh, about this or that. Now we've got some information coming out. That's hardcore information, news information. It's just not, you know, well, it was this way or it was that way. So, uh, a lot of people now are talking about, uh, Adam Schiff and about some of the things that he's been saying about this memo. In fact, uh, uh, Mangino, who you see on television, Dan Bongino, you see him on Fox quite often. Uh, looked at uh, what Shift has been saying, and uh, he's been he's been going off on this guy. J- just listen to this give and take on Fox and Friends, and Bongino jumps in at the end. You'll hear the difference in the voices, uh, but uh, you'll hear Kilmeade and some other folks. But at the very end, the last voice is Don uh, Dan Bongino, and he had this to say about Adam Shift. Well, uh, listen to this, Dan. Here's Adam Shift, the California congressman. He's, despite what we have heard from the memo on Friday, he says the FISA court actually knew that the dossier was funded by the Democrats, which is extraordinary. Nonetheless, here he says it. You're saying the court was told that the dossier was funded by a political actor? Uh, Yes, that there was a political actor behind it. And this is, again, part of the misleading character of this document. Uh, And, George, I want to, you know, uh, comment on this claim by my Republican colleagues that this is oversight. They're just doing this as a matter of oversight and asking these questions about why wasn't this included. So there he is saying that uh, they knew there was a political actor in it, which is extraordinary because you would think they would not be granted the FISA warrant if they knew there were politics involved. But there was a footnote as we was referring to. Yeah, this guy, uh, let me tell you something. Of, of all the liars in the D.C. swamp, this guy's the gold medal winner. And that he does it with such fluidity and ease is amazing. Uh, here, here's, here's, here, look, notice the language he uses. Well, the, the FISA court may have known there was a political actor involved. Let me just give you a quick analogy here. Okay, which political actor? Exactly. Like, context matters, okay? Like, if I'm running for office, right, and my neighbor who's running against me goes and files a complaint against me for some ridiculous charge... And they tell the court, oh, someone in Palm City filed the complaint. Yeah, which one? Oh, it's the neighbor running against Bajito for office? That may matter, guys. Right. This guy is unbelievable the way he, he delicately moves around the facts. Yeah, and that's the way he has been doing it. And uh, it, it's really disgusting, to be honest with you. Uh, the Democratic uh, memo would be coming out, I'm sure, here 
shortly. Looks like the, the, the Republicans have said, bring it, man, and we'll release it. So we'll have to see what they have and where the truth lies between the two of them. I just think when you think about, because, hey, here's the key. You're not hearing the FBI or the DOJ yell about the Democrat uh, memo like they yelled about the Republican memo. And and the Republicans even made the changes to the memo that uh, you know the FBI and the DOJ asked about. Interesting. This is not over by a long shot. All right, everything you know about claiming your Social Security benefits has been turned upside down. New rules for claiming your benefits go into effect uh, this year, and they have been uh, put into effect. And when you get ready to decide how you're going to claim your Social Security, you need to know exactly which rules have been changed because it can cost you tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits that are, by the way, rightfully yours. They can cause you higher taxes, increased Medicare premiums. You can get that fax uh, all laid out for you in the updated 2018 Guide to Social Security. That comes from David Lucas at the David Lucas Show. You hear it right here on uh, The Answer, right here on 96.5 FM. And it's a simple and easy-to-read guide that's packed full of up-to-date information for 2018. Now, to get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, what you need to do is be one of the first 10 callers now at 501-653-6690. That number again, 501-653-6690. David Lucas is going to be on my show tomorrow at 4 o'clock uh, to talk about Social Security. You'll want to tune in, hear what he has to say, and be ready to call 823-0965 if you have a question. That's tomorrow at 4 o'clock right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Fox News is next. We come back. Conduit for Action will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as a Aid and attendant. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year. And we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefit you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T, lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. Well, with the Monday show at 4 o'clock, that means that it's time for Conduit for Action. They join us every Monday. Typically, it's uh, uh, Brenda Vassar, Taylor, and uh, Joe uh, Man. Maynard. Yeah, Maynard. I almost said Mansfield, and I knew that wasn't right. Maynard, he's not here today. Joe uh, was on vacation I believe last week, and now had a, an appointment this week. I think he's trying to trying to avoid me. Is that right, Brenda? Is he trying to avoid me? He'll show up in just a few minutes. He texts me he's coming. Oh, he's on his way. Okay, good. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. I want to talk about this Arkansas Times article real fast because I, I just find it interesting that they think that this is huge, huge news. 
uh, and, uh, and and it has to, to do with Conduit for Action because you all have, like, I think, Conduit for Action, Conduit for Commerce, and, and some other groups that are, are out there trying to make a difference uh, from a conservative point of view. Uh, we've never made it... Uh, it's all, we've always been transparent that you all are involved uh, with the politics here in the state. I've had you all on talking about political issues for many, many years. So why is Max Brantley making this a big deal now that uh, money went to, I guess, these Russellville candidates that are running for uh, uh, an open Senate seat and that for some reason it's weird that you guys are making donations to those candidates? Well, the last time that, and Max did try to call me this morning. I just saw that on my uh, notes to call back, and I was I just got him just a few minutes ago. So he did try to call me about 10 o'clock this morning. Okay. The last call that I had for Max Brantley was 2014 when we were supporting Scott Flippo, and it was a lot uh, like this kind of situation. He, I remember he, he wrote an article uh, probably pretty close to this one, and uh, the danger was that we might be successful and elect a candidate. I mean, Max, I, I won't forget his words. He said, my problem with you guys doing this is that in Arkansas, politicians are just too cheap, and you might get one elected. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, well. So, uh, I mean, I'm not wanting to, you know, uh, wish bad on uh, somebody that we support, but, you know, heaven forbid they should be elected. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean. What's interesting about this is that, uh, you know, Asa has been out uh, with his PAC money helping Republican candidates, which I don't particularly like, uh, especially when it's uh, different Republicans running against each other to see who gets uh, the particular nod uh, to run for the party in that position. And I think he should be supporting the, the person that the uh, the voters pick on the Republican side, instead of picking candidates that he thinks voters should be, uh, you know, endorsing or whatever. I I've talked about that before here on my show and, and he's been very active up there in Russellville with a couple of candidates, uh, Brianne David and Luke Hefley has not been so supportive of Bob Bailey, uh, because Bob Bailey, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Bob say that he was supporting Jan Morgan? Uh, I think he has said that. And most important, I think, uh, at least this is what Asa has told us in the past, because this is at least the third election cycle that we have, we have uh, not, second we've experienced with Asa being on the other side. But when he was challenged by news reporters in, in uh, the primary 2016, I remember his response was, I have a right to uh, help the candidates get elected who are going to promote my policies. And so if you like ACES policies of more taxation and calling it a reduction, you know, you'll like his choice of candidates because they're going to vote for Medicaid expansion. They're going to vote uh, the party, the establishment line. It's not really the party line. I spoke to a Democrat senator last night who assured me he was much more conservative than ASA. And uh, I said, but he said, but I like Asa. I said, I I'm sure you do. You and your Republican Party like Asa. Joe just walked in. I'm sure he's going to uh, chastise me for what I'm saying. Oh, no, I don't think, it, you know, I don't think he's going to chastise you. I mean, Max has been trying to, to, to stir up the waters about the, this kind of stuff on the 
on on the Republican side and especially with conservatives groups, but he would have no problem if this was uh, liberal groups uh, that are doing this. And I'm sure that if we went and broke these different packs down and looked at all of them, that we'd find that their sources come from uh, basically the exact same areas. Hey, Joe, how are you? Glad that you can make it today. I'm good, Dave. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing that Max Brantley's trying to make a big deal out of, uh, I find, I find, well, it, it's hypocritical, but that's typically Democrat modus operandi. So, you know, anything that you'd like to say about uh, about what Max is, is trying to do? I mean, they're trying to, it's like guilt by association or something. You guys are doing what you're doing within the rules of the law. Well, uh, a lot of why, how we're going about what we're doing is was precipitated by the laws they passed in Little Rock to try to get small business off the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could go into that with a little more detail later, if you like. Sure. But uh, in, in short, there is no lobby for freedom. You know, small businesses recognize what is happening, and they want to get plugged in, and there is no lobby for freedom. And what, what Max is trying to do, and others, is trying to say that PACs are bad. Well, PACs are bad if they have an interest specialized for the gain of a, a, a special interest out of the public trough. But we're almost the opposite of that. All we do is try to support candidates that are for everything the Republican platform talks about. And that's it. And I don't know why they call that ultra-conservative. It's right down the middle of the Republican Party. Well, Max's article is very carefully crafted, so to speak, to associate us with Michael Morton, David Norsworthy, the nursing home industry. Yes. Bruce Hawkins, who has multiple PACs. He's a lobbyist. Represents a lot of healthcare uh, industry clients. Those are people who get something from the government. They have contracts with the government. They get paid millions and millions of dollars from the government. Uh, we represent people who pay the government money. You know, we don't have contracts with the government. We don't want any contracts with the government. But we are fighting for people to pay less money to the government. And right now, I'll tell you. Uh, there's a big a big push. We've we've noticed it on social media, whatever, since, especially since Friday, and then it happened again today in the task force meeting, where uh, I mean, you know, conduit's public enemy number one, according to the establishment, and that that's led by, you know, I, I don't know where our governor. I haven't read any of his comments uh, last few days, but certainly his nephew Senator Hendren is big on that bandwagon. And now you have Max Brantley joining. And I mean, the typical suspects, sort of like, um, you know, our, our movie from the 40s with, uh, you know, round up the, the usual suspects here, and they're all pointing guns at conduit. No, uh, and that's exactly what's happening. I mean, th- this is pretty easy to figure. I mean, when you look at the blog, and you can start off by just looking at the picture after the headline of uh, – the gentleman who's running in, in this, uh, Bob Bailey, who's running, uh, in this primary, uh, up in R- the Russellville area. And it's got him leaning back in a chair with a big gun in his hand and guns hanging on the wall and stuff to, you know, try to make the guy look like he's some crazy person or something. Well, that's a 
squabble to get him elected. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, I did go to his uh, business, and I, it was quite amazing. It's a beautiful thing to see, to see the craftsmanship with how he has made those guns. Um, he's quite a talented man, and I'm sure that he has a great following from the hunters or people who, gun lovers across Arkansas and United States. Well, well I, I like him already because he makes – understands the impact of, of government extortion and, and government waste. Uh, and all the small businesses realize that, but they're not sophisticated enough to create a pact, and they've been excluded. I mean, their voice and their free speech has been silenced by the Arkansas legislature. Since the, a company can't give to candidates anymore, issue three of what, 2015, was it? Yeah, 15. Another issue three, deception of the voters. Yes. Uh, 16. Uh, so small businesses either can't give money or they've got to give to a PAC. And our interests are aligned with small business that don't want anything from government. So we have become the conduit for their political speech. Well, I got to tell you, I hadn't heard of Bob Bailey until I heard that he was running. And I hadn't heard about the guns that he made, but I do see in this article that he makes silencers. So I like him already. He makes automatic class three weapons too. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all about that. I mean, I have no problem with that at, in, in any way, shape or form, but he, he was po- even brave enough to let me shoot one. It was quite, quite fun. So, you know, here's the, here's the bottom line about this article though. He points out all of the people who are basically on kind of the Republican conservative side. He doesn't talk about anybody on the Democrat side. Of course, on the Democrat side, they're in trouble because not too many people are donating any money to them. Well, and, the, and the, only the radicals are, and, and they certainly don't want to uh, out those people, but the yeah. George Soros types. Well, I mean, the, the political machine that's built, you know, as uh, you can call it, the deep state, I really don't think Arkansas has a, a deep state where the state employees are concerned, but you do you might attribute the special interest to the you know part of that deep state, and that was certainly built and in place uh, by Democrats when Joe and I first entered the election uh, arena in 2012, 13. We're talking to some of the lobbyists. You learn a lot from them. They're good you know good guys. That this is their business. And they said, no, wait a minute, you can't be changing things too fast, you know. And uh, those packs that they have, the system, the way they all go together to support a candidate, as you saw on the invite uh, to Brian Davis's first uh, fundraiser, was, you know, packed with uh, packs, you know, packed with pack representatives. So <laughs> it seems every pack is organized to to uh, to achieve an end. Scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah, but well, I mean, and that's that's what they should be. I mean, that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, the healthcare industry wants you know less competition and more money. The food and beverage industry, the concrete industry, the asphalt industry—they're all promoting what's in their best interest. There is nobody that we found that is promoting less government and liberty. We thought the Republican Party was, but we were mistaken. Yeah, never. Never forget what John D. Rockefeller said. I never got involved with politics until politics got involved with my business. And, and I mean, that's exactly why you guys get involved in politics, because they get involved 
either in your life or in your business, and you got to fight back. There was a many, 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 most of the small businesses we talk to have the exact same story. They just want to be left alone. They, they don't want to be under the thumb of some bureaucrat for some pointless reason. In the morning, Paul, you know, as you know, will be on the uh, radio show from 6 to 8, and he will discuss the state's tax reform task force meeting led by Jim Hendren this morning. And uh, Josh Waters with our organization was there. And, uh, you know, he's, he, he has told me about how uh, the conversation was, you know, mostly about uh, Hendren saying, no, the military tax, exemption bill was revenue neutral wasn't it you know state employees answer me wasn't it oh yes yes sir and then charlie collins question the internet sales tax um is not a new tax isn't that right state employees oh yes sir yes sir yes sir so you know i mean those guys are are they're uh carrying out their mission of trying to grow government and this task tax force that we have, rather than trying to figure out how to give relief to Arkansans who pay the, one of the highest tax rates in the, in the United States for tax, uh, state income tax, rather than helping us out because we can no longer deduct that over $10,000, they're busy trying to figure out how to increase those taxes and call it a tax cut. The last time we saw this kind of aggressive behavior by legislators towards state employees was when they were trying to articulate what they wanted to hear through the state employees' testimony to pass Medicaid expansion and call it conservative. Yeah, well, here's the key. Now, let's let's expand this out, and we'll talk about it after we come from the break. And we've got one, two, three primary. Well, there's going to be a third primary has to be held dealing now with files out there in the Fort Smith area. But we've got two primaries coming up on the 13th of uh, February early voting started to uh, starts tomorrow. And, uh, I'm in one of those areas over here in the uh, Lone Oak area where, uh, you know, Eddie Joe, uh, left to, to go work with the Clinton administration. And, and, and let's talk about that. Let me, uh, let me, uh, with the Trump administration, let's talk about that a little bit when, uh, when I come back here on the Dave Ellswick show. Everything you know about claiming your Social Security benefits, well, you may not have it all down because they've changed a lot of the rules uh, for 2018. And that can cost you tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits that are really rightfully yours, not to mention some higher taxes, increased Medicare premiums. You can get the facts on all of this with an updated uh, 2018 Guide to Social Security that comes from David Lucas of the David Lucas Show. That airs here on 96.5 FM, The Answer, uh, 10 a.m., 3 p.m. on Saturdays. It's a simple and easy-to-read guide. It's packed full of up-to-date information for 2018 that can help you um, not make the mistakes that a lot of people will make if they don't read this new information about claiming your Social Security benefits. To get one of these uh, guides absolutely free, be one of the first 10 callers by calling 501 501- Six five three sixty six ninety. That number again, 501-653-6690. When we come back, we'll be talking to Brenda and Joe at uh, Conduit for Action some more. What are the people that are looking to get these positions, these new state Senate positions, how are they leaning towards Arkansas Works? 
Let's talk about that when we return. And back on the Dave Ellswick Show, and we got Brenda and we have Joe from Conduit for Action, conduitforaction.org, as well as Conduit for Commerce as well. Uh, don't forget to check those out. Don't forget about the Paul Harrell Show. Gets underway at 6 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday. Brought to you by Conduit for Action. All right. The big, the big question I have for you all, and I don't know if you have uh, the inside information on this or not, but all these people that are running uh, for the uh, uh, positions that are open now as far as in the Senate, uh, are all of them pro-Asa Hutchinson's uh, Arkansas Works? Uh, I guess Bob Bailey is not, from what I read, what he had to say in the Arkansas Times uh, article. He would not be. But what about everybody else? Does everybody else seem to, you know, uh, was it uh, Rick Hill? And is he a a pro? uh, I'll I'll vote for, uh, you know, Arkansas Works. The same thing with Coy, the other uh, person that's running in the uh, uh, the primary. I don't know. I, I spoke with Ricky Hill, and I could not tell from from what he was, you know, how he was answering my questions at the time. But I, I, there was an article uh, in the paper yesterday or today up here for Northwest Arkansas for Senate District 16. I assume there was one for Senate District 29. Did you get a chance to see that, Joe? Or no, I, I'll tell you, we're not here to try to convince anybody to take a position one way or the other. We're here to support people that have positions that are in line with ours. That's that's it. We're not trying to change anybody's mind. We're just here to support people that have the correct position. All right. Well, my, you know, my question, and maybe we can get to the bottom of that when we, we come back from a break that we got to get to, because we got Fox news just up against us right now is I know that you guys would like to see Arkansas works go away. I'd like to see Arkansas works go away. Uh, it, does everybody seem to be wanting to stay with the status quo though? I think that's the big question that we'll try to answer when we come back. All right. If you just joined us, uh, Brenda and Joe are with us from conduit for action. Conduit for action brings you to Paul Harrell's show, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, 6A to 8A here on 96.5 FM. The answer, uh, they also, uh, publish, uh, different pieces of uh, information uh, from people who come in and and listen to these different uh, groups that are meeting uh, politically uh, at the state capitol and in the Big Mac building, and uh, give you uh, some background on those uh, uh, on what's going on in those particular uh, uh, meetings. Let me let me ask you two. We were talking about who was looked like they were supporting Arkansas Works, and I was talking about in my district where uh, Ricky Hill's running against Coy. I don't know Coy's first name. He's get, he's put out one push piece, and, uh, you know, uh, Ricky has put out, man, I guess it's been six or seven already, and he's got billboards up, and I know they're running ads here on 96.5 FM, The Answer, so evidently he has a little bit more, more money backing him. Uh, reading this article that, I've been referencing about uh, Max Brantley. Uh, he makes the statement that uh, in the race for Greg Stand, uh, Standridge's uh, seat, that you have Brianne David and Luke Hefley both have signaled at least some support for the program, while Bob Bailey is adamantly opposed. As, as far as Hill and uh, Coy, I don't know. I've had 
look, I had Ricky Hill here in the studio in front of me and could not get a straight answer out of him about uh, Arkansas uh, works. I've talked to some other people who have, uh, he came to looking for some support. They asked him and couldn't get a straight answer from him and did not give him any money because they couldn't get a straight answer. And when I can't get a straight answer out of somebody who want, that's a politician or is running for a political office about a specific topic, then I've got to assume that uh, they're not going to vote the way that I would like them to vote. So I don't know who to cast a vote for over here. I mean, it makes it interesting for the simple reason we're talking about three seats right now. If you put files uh, seat into play here uh, where you have uh, a vote coming up, here in a few weeks in the special session uh, to keep all of the, to keep the governor's budget going. And part of that's going to be Arkansas works. If, if you have enough people vote against it, you can stop it cold. I mean, what's your all thought? Do you, do you think that uh, the people who are against Arkansas works are going to hold up the governor's budget to force them for a special session until after the special election is taken care of? I think that, um, you know, we're not going to, I think we're saying it incorrectly, or let me rephrase it, to say they're going to stop it. I mean, it takes, uh, what, 27 votes to pass it. And so the question is, do they have 27 votes to pass it? And they just lost three of them, uh, you know, with Files, um, Greg Standrich, and Eddie Joe. Now, you know, maybe we're conceding that perhaps Senate District 29, Eddie Joe's spot, uh, is safely in that camp and they'll be okay. You know, I haven't done the vote ca- count, but like I told you, the pressure that suddenly Conduit is receiving from all sides, I would say they're worried about it. And if um, the public wants to try to uh, restore a budget balance where they can, you know, maybe the counties can be paid for the people they're, they're housing in their jails. Maybe uh, roads can be paved. Maybe the local governments can keep more of their money. Uh, they might ought to talk, think seriously about pa- uh, voting for these guys that are going to stop this ridiculous spending and wasting that we've done with Obamacare our, uh, Medicaid expansion, now called Arkansas Works. Uh, also to add on that, uh, let me correct one thing. Uh, you, you had said Conduit for Action uh, has the Paul Harrell program. That's that's Conduit News that has the Paul Harrell program. Okay. Just a uh, housekeeping. Uh, as far as Rick Hill goes in that race, th- it's probably very easy to find out who will support you if you're against Obamacare in Arkansas because it's only us. And they would have been able to find that out. So uh, we haven't heard from them in that context. But I suspect if you look at uh, campaign contributions, you'll see where the money's coming from for any candidate. And that's, as Brantley says, is, is not insignificant. But it's what do the people want that give the money, that's what's significant. But I, this man said last time that, that if they couldn't get a, a, a good vote on Medicaid expansion with the DHS budget, that they would break out the, the, the Obamacare vote separately from the DHS budget, which they did not. So they'll probably try that tactic again. And they may even try the fake line item veto that Asa and Hendren came up with. And the Democrats. Last time, and the Democrats, uh, which was the weirdest thing ever. And you talk about 
any anybody who pays attention or would look into that particular issue would see how craven these people are. All right, so I, I know that I've I've talked to other people uh, about this particular subject uh, that are elected officials, and uh, seems to me that they feel that they could only hold up, you know, for a small part of time. Uh, Arkansas works that they they'd end up calling calling a special session, get those folks into uh, into office that we've been talking about, and they believe that they would be able to you know have the necessary votes to keep it going on. I mean, in I think there'll be a little more pressure on the people who have said no to it before. You know, you you say no, you keep saying no. I think that they are probably more likely to be a little weaker um, as. Finally, Arkansas has cleaned up supposedly some of its roles. I mean, those the role being cleaned up may only last uh, through the election cycle. But, you know, the, suddenly we, we know how to do math a little better and, and the roles are reduced. So that might be a, an excuse for our, our good conservative legislators to, to just be weak and say, well, it's getting better, so I'll just vote yes. You know, I mean, well, out I of think, exhaustion. Well, I think the governor and uh, his, his minions uh, – uh, Hendren have done a fairly good job of, you know, trying to marginalize anybody who's against what they want. And they, they have. They, that's what they do full time. And, and I, evidently, we're one of the few, if maybe not the only, groups that understand what is at stake and are willing uh, to fight for it. And it's no benefit to me one way or the other. Uh, it's just more about freedom and liberty and the things we all talk about that get us the, the vote of the Republicans, but yet some of us stay that way even in the hard times. Yeah, I'm, and others just fold. Yeah, Joe, what do you? You've got Bart Hester, who's going to certainly go on the "I'm for it now" side because you know we're too mean, so he's going to go with the nice people, even though. It robs people of freedom and, and money and makes government bigger. That's evidently how these people function. You know, I know that I have talked to a couple who have been adamantly opposed uh, to, to Arkansas Works, but they, you know, they make a, a good point when they say, hey, look, we could probably hold it up until they had a special session. That's going to cost fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 to do, and then they'll have the votes just to ram it on through. Do I, I hold it up uh, just so we can have a special election and lose, uh, or do I save the taxpayers money and just, you know, realize the inevitable? Well, I'd say you vote your principles all the time, regardless of what anybody else is going to do. I, I mean, that seems obvious to me. I mean, for a, for a legislator to say, well, they're going to do it anyhow, uh, they're they're giving me too much heat. I mean, I saw that in the last last election from a a senator that we had helped, and you know he just oh well it's just not worth it. It's going to pass anyhow. You know that's that's very discouraging to the uh, the public to see that our government uh, can just be so easily taken over by those you oppose. I mean, if that's all that we're about, come on, China. You know, mm. I mean, Iran. What are we waiting on? <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's take, just go socialist now and then and admit who we are. Well, you know, you know as well as I, Joe, do, Joe, that we're more socialist than we are free now. There's no doubt about that. We're 
we're fighting a holding holding battle against uh, something that's been encroaching on us now for over uh, you know a hundred years, but it has accelerated in the last thirty uh, to almost warp speed. And and uh, you know you, we keep fighting our principles, but you know, I feel like in more and more cases, and I'll continue to fight against it. Uh, it amazes me that it looks like to me that the people of Arkansas people of this country, in fact, are willing to, you know, just embrace it. Well, I, it really bothers me that the Republican Party espouses principles, candidates espouse principles, and then they do almost the opposite when they get in office and people don't seem to hold them accountable as much as they should. And we're here to help people see it, and then if they still don't want to do it, then so be it. But right now, short of what our efforts are, there's not a lot of resistance to the establishment, you know, being the big government party. And there is no Republican platform people available anymore. You know, those are the, if you're consistently for the Republican platform principles, then you are an ultra conservative now, evidently. Yeah, I understand well, what you're saying. Moved the, the measuring stick. Well, and who they they are happen to be the press. The and press so, and the establishment. Well, yeah, but I, I was speaking with uh, U.S. Congressman Bruce Westerman today. He was telling him telling me he had just returned from the border. Maybe you've spoken with him about it. And he he said that illegal crossings are down sixty percent since the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. But he was telling me how unbelievable it is to see what's actually coming across our border, like a floodgate. Oh yeah, I think it's sixty percent less, and the the illegal activity that's entering daily our country, and to see how many people are are trying to shame us from stopping that. I mean, if you know, we may not have much longer to try to save our country, but um, you know that pic- that is a picture of what we're letting happen in almost every front of freedoms. All right, Joe and uh, Brenda will come back, finish up one last segment with me. Joe, we're really going to talk about freedom when we come back. I want to talk to you about this memo that came out on Friday. Have you been given much thought to it? You know, I've, I've been trying to digest what exactly it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than have it interpreted for me, but I have a pretty good opinion on on what's going on there. Well, I'll tell you what, it really, really worries me, and we'll talk about it when we come back. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. Don't forget about PI Roofing and Home Solutions. The Home Solutions is a brand-new part of PI Roofing. You know how well they do on taking care of your roofs, of replacing roofs, of coming out, finding a leak, taking and uh, stopping that leak. Well, they also realized that when water was getting into your home, it was doing damage to your home, whether it was, you know, messing with the insulation or messing with the drywall or screwing up your painting because you start getting, you know, uh, discoloration on your ceiling, stains on your ceiling, on your walls, things of that nature. But Joel Johnson, the uh, the owner, the president, PI Roofing, understood that dealing with a whole lot of different uh, contractors was uh, difficult. So what he decided to do is put these people on uh, the payroll at PI Roofing. So now, when there's a you know a leak in your house, 
All you have to do is call PI Roofing. They'll come out and fix the problem with your roof. And they have the people now that will tell you how much it'll take to fix those interior problems like the painting that you might uh, need done to get rid of stains, drywall repair, get rid of uh, some uh, mold, or perhaps you're seeing, uh, you know, the, uh, the drywall starts warping. They do exterior painting as well with carpentry work. They'll take care of that insulation. They'll take care of, uh, you know, the ventilation and things of that nature. All you have to do is call one number now or go and visit on the Internet one business, and that's piroofing.com or 501-687-6246, PI Roofing and Home Solutions. So I wanted to end today because, Joe, I know how much you like to talk about freedom, and, Brenda, I know how much you like to talk about freedom, and I talk about it quite often, but this whole thing with the FISA court and what the FBI and the DOJ did uh, worries me to no end. Basically, they took this Trump dossier that was paid for by the DNC and by Hillary Clinton and used it to uh, open up the ability to do surveillance on a, a citizen of the United States, went in front of a FISA court, and the FISA court is not like a regular court. They don't have, you know, a, somebody standing over on the side pleading for the American people. There's not a defense attorney there. It's, it's only, uh, you know, the FBI and DOJ and the FISA judges depend on the people from the FBI and the DOJ to tell the truth. In this case, the FBI and the uh, DOJ did not tell the FISA judge that this dossier was put together with political players involved. Uh, and they happened to be the people who were trying to defeat, uh, the person that they were trying to basically build their case against. And, uh, and that would be uh, president Trump. And on top of that, uh, they had fed this information, uh, uh to Isakoff from Yahoo news, and then used a story that he wrote about it as a methodology to convince the court to, uh, to proceed with opening this investigation against page up. In fact, using Mr. Steele to verify Mr. Steele, the guy who was behind the dossier. And, and this is, this is troubling. This is our FBI and our department of justice being political and they're supposed to be nonpartisan. I mean, if they become political, they become weaponized by whichever political party is at that point, uh, holding, uh, holding power in Washington, DC. Well, most of us our age uh, know who Stalin was, and this reeks of Stalin. The same tactics got the Soviet Union where they were, and the youth, you know, the, the younger people don't really consider that the tools and the methods that are used that they may agree with the ends of are the same tools that will be used against them in the future. And, you know, that's how communism or socialism, communism light, socialism uh, take hold in the country is you get the institutions corrupted and used politically against their enemies, and then you're done. You got the media, you got the judiciary, you got the uh, educational system, and that's enough to get you over the hump. And then there's no going back. 
for a thousand years. Yeah. Well, you're, you're exactly right. And you know, right now the, the media is trying to convince the American public that this is a, as they want to say, a big dud or nothing burger. When in fact it is be it's, it's really, really important. And I, I've been talking about it, uh, several times today that people have got to understand that your top law enforcement agencies have to be nonpartisan. If they are not, you are in dangerous, dangerous trouble. You're not that far from the Stasi of East Berlin. Exactly. The, um, I'm not familiar with the rules of the FISA court, other than I recall the first time I ever knew it existed, I almost fell out of my chair. I couldn't believe we had such a thing. It was so uh, so different to have a secret judiciary. And if I were to go before a court and mislead a court, as was done here, you know, I would be in contempt of court and, and probably go to jail. I mean, court, uh, lawyers do not do such things before court. I mean, our system is protected to prevent that kind of activity. And so the FISA court being the ultimate in that, because it's secret, it's based on trust of the people before it. And um, remember, our Constitution has the Fourth Amendment, privacy, search and seizure, the, the right to privacy, and think about our founders that knew human nature. I mean, this is in the heart of every man to try to pull whatever they can to have power over the others. But you're right to be uh, outraged, and I think that the outrage that the media has shown uh, for to not be outraged has perhaps neutralized and, and you know made almost numb the American citizen to anything like this. I mean, it's not like the time of Watergate where people understood you don't do this against your political mm-hmm. opponents. All right, I got to take a strong person in Congress to stand up like Nunez or, or some of the others. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure why we don't hear more from Rand Paul on this matter, uh, but there, there's a lot of people up there that are aware of how important this is, but there's a lot more of them that would rather be in control of it and not subject to it in the future for their Joel, own power. Joel, thank you very much. Brenda, thank you very much. We'll do it again next Monday. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. 96.5 FM, The Answer. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T, lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. Let's get into the final hour for uh, a Monday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Of course, Robert Steinbach is going to join us. He is with us to talk about uh, the stories that uh, are making the news. I want to go back and and talk with him uh, today right out out of the, the, the shoots about this memo because I think it's huge to talk about. First of all, I want to play something for you, 
uh, Robert. I played this twice yeah. today, and that is there are so many people who are downplaying what was released in this memo. And what was released in this memo goes to, I believe, the soul of our judicial system uh, here in America. Let me play what the media had to say uh, over the weekend. The reviews are in. And Congressman Nunes's memo was a dud. The Nunes memo is a dud. Let's start with Sean Hannity. Uh, not to be undeterred uh, by the sort of dud factor of the memo. That this d- memo was a complete dud. It overpromised and underdelivered. I mean, it's it's pretty much a dud. I, mean, I got to tell you, though, I mean, it's kind of a dud. It doesn't really deliver. I prefer really big revealing documents to really narrow duds. This looks like a dud. I could tell you from reading this memo and consulting with a wide range of experts, it's a dud. This memo is a dud. Nothing. A dud. But it is nothing. And nothing burger. And less interesting about this memo is what what is in it. It's pretty much a nothing burger. A nothing burger. Quote, dishonest, misleading, partisan nothing burger. The only thing I fear from this memo, because I think it's really been a huge dud. Uh, Some of the GOP uh, Tea Party members were out there saying that this is the most vile thing they'd ever seen. Uh, and it's a big dud. Uh, it's a dud. Unfortunately, it fell flat yesterday, much, I think, to the chagrin of the president. This memo was a complete dud. Everybody knows it was kind of a dud, even the people in the Republican Party who thought they were going to start some big trial balloon here. Nothing changed. All right, so it's a dud. It's a nothing burger. I, I, I really adamantly disagree about that. If you understand what was done here it's not a dud i mean we're talking about that the fbi and the doj lied to the fisa court you know there there two this that series of clips that you just played highlight two separate issues one is i'm so tired of the talking point bs that we hear over and over again everybody using the same phrase of dud I don't even know the last time I heard that term other than milk duds at the movie theater. And then the nothing burger, which is, it's a vomitist term. It's just so, it's so silly and it's so purely Clinton campaign nonsense. How about saying it's nothing, but it's a nothing burger. It's really just this kind of elementary school style of teach of talking that is embarrassing. Now, they're entitled to their view that it's not of import, but to say it with such obvious scripted language is, is embarrassing for them. Now, to the substance, as you point out, that, that, there's nothing, that there's no there there, if I may borrow a term right. or a phrase, uh, is nonsense. Now, what there there can be debated, can be discussed, but this memo makes a very simple claim that at the leadership of the FBI, there has been politicization, you know, and it's like one of these, that old phrase, oh my gosh, is there gambling going on in Vegas? That is, that there's politicization in proper such, by mm-hmm. the way, at the head, at the bureaucrats in the FBI is not a particularly new idea. Uh, of course, historically, that was a dramatic problem. The, the fact that J. Edgar Hoover's name remains on that building is 
just about a crime as far as I've, I'm concerned. And I told him this 20 years ago to a senior leadership member of the, then in the FBI, by the way. So there's nothing new about the fact that J. Edgar Hoover was a criminal. J. Edgar Hoover violated the civil rights of Americans on a regular basis and that his name doesn't belong on that building. More recently, it doesn't surprise me at all that we see what we have seen, that these particular actors at the upper echelon of bureaucracy, because that's what it is, uh, are using their positions to exact outcomes or try, try to exact outcomes consistent with their political ideology. I've spoken this weekend to uh, various federal law enforcement folks or former federal law enforcement folks. And by the way, not by the way, importantly, the the first thing they tell me is, I don't know why all these Democrats, who by the way, don't generally speak up for law enforcement, seem to think that they can speak up on my behalf and tell me uh, that I'm insulted because there's an inquiry into how the bureaucrats have been operating. What, one of them specifically said to me, I'm glad there's an inquiry. I've been saying this type of behavior, the bureaucrats looking out for themselves, pursuing their own political agendas uh, in lieu of proper uh, law enforcement goals, uh, has been a problem in federal law enforcement for years at this one fellow. So the, the, I'm just find it so hypocritical and comical and transparent when the Democrats say, oh, but you're, but you're really insulting the, uh, the, the, the day-to-day law enforcement officer, please. By the way, and to be fair, that a similar type of claim was made by some Republicans years ago when uh, there were questions about things going on in the Pentagon, and the Republicans said about the Democrats, the, que- the questions came from Democrats, and the Republicans said, oh, you're, you're not supporting our troops. And the Democrats correctly, correctly said, I didn't say anything about the troops. Mm-hmm. I'm asking about management, and I'm asking whether or not management is doing their job, and I'm allowed to ask that question without falsely being accused of not being patriotic. So the Dems were right back then. The Republicans are right back now, uh, are right now when they say we're not questioning anybody's patriotism or the efforts of the line agents. Please, let's not play this transparent game. So I, I don't want to give even too much verbiage to that silly argument because it's just it's so transparent. In fact, to give credit where credit is due, historically at least. The liberals have been the ones who were more willing to to investigate operations of law enforcement to make sure they weren't overstepping their bounds. So now to turn around 180 degrees and say, we can't ask any questions. What? What? Remember, I'm the transparency guy. So don't tell me we can't ask any questions. That's all I do is ask questions. I always ask questions. Robert, here's where it gets interesting for me. If it was such a dud, if it was such a nothing burger, the the FBI and the Department of Justice both saw this memo before it was released and were given the opportunity to make any changes that they thought was necessary 
that right. might have compromised national security or whatever. Right. They, they sources. Yeah, the they place. they they were going absolutely ape uh, up till uh, Friday afternoon when That's it was right. finally released. If it was such a big nothing, why were they freaking out so much about it? That should be in, on everybody's mind. Well, you, you're 100% right, Dave. And, and as I said a moment ago, what did you hear from the Democrats and some of these sort of senior leadership folks? Oh, we're very concerned about sources and methods, right? That's the, the catchphrase, which means if you release something that is top secret, maybe you get a spy killed in Albania because his name is in there. You're right. making up those facts, obviously, but that's the, the, the analogy. Um, but what is clear, what cannot be disputed, is there's no sources or methods in this memo that's at all. That's right. And there was this congressman on Tucker Carlson the other day, um, a guy from California, and, and I don't mean this as an insult, but he looked like the Ken doll, right? He's got this kind of perfect face. And perfect now, you're talking character. about shift. No, not shift. It wasn't shift. shift? Not, okay. No, it's, he's got like a big head of hair, and I forget his name. I'll, I'll remember it at some point later. Shift is perhaps the opposite of that. But in any event, this guy was saying, yeah, sources and methods, and Tucker says, What's in here? You're accusing the memo, the release of the memo, and therefore me of giving away top secret information, harming our spies and, and other covert people. What's in there? He couldn't answer. Ultimately, he said, well, there's reference to the, the infamous uh, Steele dossier. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Tucker Apley looks befuddled. He said, the one that's been in the news for over a year? That's the source of the methods, and, and the congressman says, yeah, but we never officially confirmed it. But what is this, Bizarro <laughs> Land? Everybody knows about the dossier. By the way, everybody knows that it's got dramatic problems in it. But regardless of even how you want to characterize the dossier, so are you telling me that we're unaware of this dossier, that something has been released? Nothing new has been released in terms of sourcing in the, the, the Republican memo, that, the Nunes memo that just came out. So that's just such utter rubbish. And again, this was the type of argument historically made by law enforcement when they didn't want oversight, right? They didn't want oversight at all. They wanted uh, to always to be able to say, no, no, you can't look here. You can't ask those questions because uh, you're going to jeopardize an ongoing investigation. Correct. You're going to jeopardize a confidential informant. You're going to create something dangerous. Now, of course, sometimes, obviously, that could and would be true. But many times it's done to simply cover up for corruption, cronyism, mistakes, etc., And that's why, as you know, I'm the big transparency advocate. We have to ever be vigilant about ensuring that we have maximum transparency without in any way impinging uh, sources and methods. And this gives, gives proof to the lie that there was sources, were sources and methods at risk here. None were at risk. That was a lie by the Democrats, and they have gotten caught in this one with their pants down, and they are backpedaling on this issue 100%. All right, got to get a break in. Robert yep. Steinbach is our guest. I want to pursue one more 
thing about this uh, that I'd like you to talk about, if you would, Robert, and then we'll move on to some other things, perhaps about the uh, the concealed carry holder and how he saved a police officer might be the next yes, thing sir. that we talk about. So Dave Ellswick show, Robert Steinbach, my guest, he is a uh, professor of law over at the Bowen School of Law at the University of Arkansas, Little Rock, and his opinions are his alone and do not necessarily reflect those of uh, the uh, the school of law or of the university. The Dave Ellswick Show, don't forget about Aero Plumbing. Aero Plumbing is ready to help you out with any kind of plumbing problem you have, whether it's a small, you know, my toilet's on the fr- uh, fritz or a big one, I got a leak and it's underneath my house or my business. They can help you with all of the problems you might have. I've used Aero Plumbing uh, for a lot of uh, events, uh, a lot of problems that I've had at my house, typically my pool, uh, not in ground, above ground. Uh, I've had to have them come out and take care of a broken pipe here or a broken pipe there and uh, make sure that uh, it, it works correctly. And they've done it and done it well. They've uh, fixed a toilet on New Year's Day for me. Uh, the folks over at Aero Plumbing have uh, master plumbers. They come out. They diagnose the problem. They'll tell you two or three different ways that you can fix it. Uh, one may be a really expensive way that you'll never have this problem again. And one may be in a less expensive way uh, that says it fixed the problem. But it might uh, occur because of, uh, you know, uh, a pipe is going to age that type of thing. Uh, they just do the job and do it well. And then they got all of the, uh, the tools and the technology to burrow under your slab or under your parking lot of your business so that you're not out a ton of money to get a leak fixed. Go with arrow plumbing, arrow plumbing to take care of you. They'll take care of the problem because they're the best. That's arrow plumbing aeroplumbing.net or on the internet just google them aeroplumbing our guest is robert steinbach he joins me every monday at five o'clock and we talk about issues of the first amendment and the big news items of the day and robert being a law professor can give us a legal perspective on uh, several of these issues and perhaps uh, a more insightful view of of some of the things that are are going on within our government Robert is a, uh, a legal uh, uh, professor, a law professor at UALR uh, Little Rock, and of course, uh, also is a uh, you know professor at the Bowen School of Law. And his opinions are his and his alone. And, and Robert, here, here's the last thing that it concerns me about this, and that goes to the FISA court itself. It's not your normal, everyday court that you go up in front. First, it's secret. Secondly, uh, it's only the FBI or the, the you know, the, the uh, Justice Department, DOJ or whatever, that appears before the judge. There's not somebody there to uh, stand in for me if I'm the person that they're talking about that they want to open up some kind of, of uh, program to, to uh, you know, view what I've got going on in my life and maybe they want to, tap into my phones and things of that nature because they think I'm a terrorist. So bottom line, the judge has to look at those people from the FBI and the Department of Justice and assume, and that's always a dangerous thing to do, but to assume that they're sharing all the pertinent information with them 
not lying and not misleading them. And in this case, uh, they were totally misled uh, by the FBI. Well, that, that is the most important issue that, regarding this whole memo and this whole discussion. This is a forum, a court, and a, and a, a set of laws that authorize the most intrusive search, listening to every single phone call, uh, every word, every email, every text, with no advocate against the government, that we're okay with a government withholding significant information that goes to the decision to authorize that intrusion uh, without any oversight is bonkers. That's completely the wrong attitude, and civil libertarians should be up in arms. And remember, it, the, de- the Democrats have historically been on the stronger side of civil liberties. Of course, we've got several Republicans who are very strong on this. Rand Paul is perhaps the torchbearer on this. But the Democrats historically were the ones with the greater force on this. And I point that out not because I'm somehow today a Democrat compliment machine, but to point out their hypocrisy. It's one thing if they had always been slow to come to the notion of civil liberties, but they have been the ones historically on the forefront of this issue, and they have abandoned them. These are American citizens that are being surveilled. Now, I'm not saying you can't surveil an American citizen. We do it. We do it in in normal uh, courts. We do it through the FISA process. But there has to be, and there is, a high bar. Otherwise, we have no Fourth Amendment. We have no protection against improper searches and seizure. And the Democrats seem to think, oh, it doesn't matter if the very core, the basis for this warrant was a political hit job piece put together by some foreign private spy. Can you think of a less credible source? For us, I can't, to be fair. But, it, but it's certainly not a highly credible source. It's a private foreign spy, by the way, apparently getting his information in part at least from the Russian government, which is what Dems are crying about now uh, in other contexts. And that gets all filtered so that it gets presented as if this was information put together in a legitimate fashion by an American law enforcement agency such that the judges say, well, if you're saying this is the case, then let's dig up dirt and look into every minutia of, in this case, Carter Page. And so, of course, the basis for that warrant is the most important question at issue. And if politics is allowed to even creep into that process, we have a dangerous situation. Yeah. And this was politics drove the bus. Yeah, you're exactly right, Robert. And, and I just want people to know how really serious this is. We got Fox News coming up here in just a moment. And maybe we should plan on talking about this again uh, next week, because yeah. this, this, I mean, this is just, this is, uh, almost, you know, uh, communistic when you think about it. All right. Fox yeah, news. Well, uh, we got to, got to hold you. We'll come back and talk. Fox news is next. All right. Let's get back with Robert Steinbach here on the Dave Ellswick show. Robert is 
legal professor over at, uh, uh, of course, uh, UALR, and uh, he's at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone. And Robert, you were going to say something, be- and I broke, I, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Well, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm not sure, other than I was following up on this point that the sourcing of this information uh, was from a questionable spy, right? Private spy, foreign, and funded by the Democrats and Hillary Rodham Clinton. Yes. Now, they like to say, well, it initially was funded by the Republicans. Actually, the Steele dossier was never funded. The underlying company that hired Steele to write the, DC, the, the dossier was initially funded by some Republicans. And let me be clear, whether it's funded by Republican opponents or Democratic opponents largely doesn't matter. It, by definition, demonstrates it's political, and that's the point. Political behavior shouldn't be underlying search warrants. The irony is you hear the Democrats when, when we heard the chance lock her up about Hillary. Why? Not because she was a political opponent, but because she had committed an actual crime. The Democrats said, well, we don't lock up political opponents. But So apparently, according to them, we don't lock up political opponents, which is a true statement in and of itself. You don't lock up political opponents qua political opponents, meaning as political opponents. If they commit a crime, they go to jail like everybody else. But you don't lock up political opponents merely because they're political opponents. But apparently, according to them, you can use political opponent uh, disinformation to start criminal investigation mm-hmm. in a law enforcement, federal law enforcement agency, uh, and therefore undermine the legitimacy of the federal law enforcement agency. So when you hear Democrats saying, well, you're undermining the legitimacy of the law enforcement agency, the only thing that undermines the legitimacy of a law enforcement agency is when they take on corrupt motives to pursue law enforcement activities. Yeah, and then That's on, the question here. Yeah, on top of that, it goes even deeper in that an upper echelon person in the FBI, their wife was working for the organization <clears throat> that was digging up the necessary dirt for this dossier. I mean, th- this is and feeding it through him. To be clear, yeah. not only you know, it's one thing if your wife does something and and a husband doesn't control a wife, a wife doesn't control a husband. But if the wife is working for the the dirt digging organization, feeding it surreptitiously to the husband who imports it into the law enforcement agency, wait a second, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would surely <laughs> hope so, but. You know, you listen to the media and you listen to some of the Democrats and it's like, it ain't no big deal. You know, nothing here, nothing here. Keep on going. Nothing here at all. Don't worry about it. Uh, Dave Ellswick show 96.5 FM. The answer enough about the memo. I've, I've spent probably two hours on it today here on the Dave Ellswick show, but I'm just, it just really worries me. It really, really worries me if government agencies are becoming so politicized, uh, how long is it before, you know, just innocent people are thrown into prison, you know, because some star court and nobody that they don't have any kind of, of, uh, you know, defensive lawyer and then with them, uh, start really working behind the scenes in our own country. It, it, it's concerning to me. It just really is concerning to me. We, we always have to be on guard against that. Even in the best of times, that's a, an inherent risk with law enforcement as an authority, 
right? There's always the risk. I'm not saying the presence, but the risk of abuse. So we always have to be on guard for it. Yeah. And so when the Democrats say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Not a problem. That's the irony of all this. The hypocrisy of all this is that conservatives have learned and, and adopted over many years now the notion that we have to be on guard against abuses by any governmental bureaucracy because there's always a risk that when you concentrate too much power in the hands of authorities, that that power will be abused. And now the Democrats, who were the ones who started that mantra, but luckily now the Republicans have adopted it long time, for, to be clear, uh, the, the Democrats seemingly abandon it when it doesn't suit their short-term political goals. Now, of course, they did the same thing when they abandoned the um, the 60 votes uh, for judges uh, in the Senate, and now guess what? They paid the price for it. And even the Republicans said, "Guys, don't do this now because you're going to lose the Senate at some point, and then you're going to pay the price for it because yep. we're going to use the rule." And they said, "No, no, it's all good, it's all good." And guess what? They're paying the price. Yeah, they are. Yep, they can thank uh, the man from uh, Nevada for that. All right, That's so. Right. An armed civilian in Utah has been credited with potentially saving the life of a police officer who was brutally attacked on Friday. The suspect who assaulted the police officer was identified as a Paul Douglas Anderson. The attack happened in Springville, Utah, when the officer spotted feet dangling from a donation bin. Fox News reports Anderson got out of the bin but refused to remove his hands from his pocket. Anderson eventually took his hands out of his pants pockets and then began repeatedly punching the officer in the face. Derek Meyer told uh, Fox 13 he was driving by the area, spotted the police lights and saw Anderson attacking the cop. Meyer turned around, pulled over and pulled out his pistol. Meyer aimed the pistol at Anderson and yelled at him to stop attacking the officer. Anderson bolted from the scene as responding officers arrived. The attacker, who was found hiding under a flatbed trailer, was arrested and faces several charges, according to Fox. Corporal Corey Waters of Springfield uh, Police told the news agency that he accredited Meyer with saving a life. I mean, here's a guy who had his gun in his car and was able to save somebody. Uh, that's a positive story for, for gun rights. Would you not agree? Uh, 100%. And this is actually a very good transition story because I just want to highlight, remember last year, the year before as well, uh, mostly liberals were complaining about police abuses and they wanted greater, what they perceived to be clear as per police abuses. At least several of them were not police abuses, uh, but they claimed were police abuses. So when they didn't like the outcome, they complained about the police. Now that they like the outcome in terms of what's going on with the president and the investigations, et cetera, in D.C., uh, they've got no questions for law enforcement at all, no questions of how warrants are obtained. So I just want to point out, again, the hypocrisy. But, of course, this is an important story, not because this one event is surprising. Of course, when you have people with gun rights, you will have them coming uh, to help others. And in this instance, a guy, a civilian, came to help a cop and saved his life. And that's one of, one of the many benefits of legal concealed carry. And what the libs fail to do is at least 
recognize that possibility. They'll give you some horror story about someone getting shot with a gun that got taken away from them in a crime. Yeah, those things happen. That's right. And that's not a good outcome. We don't like those outcomes. But at least if if they wanted to be honest in their debate over guns, they would say, this is an example of a bad thing that happened. They would refer to the current story that you just told as an example of a good thing that happened through concealed carry. And then they would try, I think in vain, to make some claim that the bad events outweigh the good events. Uh, the facts tell otherwise. That notwithstanding, the, the libs wholly refuse to recognize any of the benefits of gun ownership, of concealed carry. And this is just one example but a very good example, a very clear example, a very salient example of how civilians having guns pursuant to a license, being trained, help cops, help other civilians, and help themselves. And that's why people like you and me believe in the right that luckily is found in the Constitution itself to bear arms. Yeah. The individual right that is. Well, we got time. Let's let's talk about this story. You other story you sent me. The parents sure. of a dead robber are really really mad that his victim had a gun. The parents right. of a dead armed robber are very angry over his death and are demanding to know why his innocent this uh, his innocent victim was allowed to be armed. It's been a difficult week for parents uh, Tamia Hairston and Michael Grace Sr. Their son, Michael Grace Jr., was shot and killed during an attempted robbery early Sunday morning. Police say Grace Jr. and two other people tried to rob a pizza hut, and during the incident, an employee fired his own handgun and killed Grace Jr. Harrison, and that's the mother, said she learned of her son's death on social media and only got confirmation from police after contacting them first. The grieving mother said she has been left with dozens of questions about the situation that have thus far gone unanswered. Quote, if there was to be a death, it was not the place of the employee at Pizza Hut. That is the place of law enforcement, said Harrison. The parents are angry that their son was shot and killed by an employee. They don't believe the full story has been released. Why in the hell did this guy have a gun? Questioned Harrison about the employee who shot her son. She said her son was shot in the head. Even though their son was in the process of committing a crime, the family thinks his death was undeserved and unjustified. So there's a, a lot of mis. Those questions are pretty stupid, but it goes along with a lot of people in our country now. That guy had every right to have a gun and use that gun to protect his life. The police cannot protect every person walking around in the United States of America. So the number one responsibility for protecting your life is yourself. And secondly, the guy was robbing the freaking store. And if he's robbing, he's robbing the store and somebody else has a gun, they have the right to use it to protect themselves. First, I have sympathy for the grieving mother, and she's in a bad place right now, and I appreciate that. And so not everything she's going to say is going to be the most logical. So I will 
I will afford her that zone of discretion, shall we call it. But nonetheless, the underlying issue is important enough that we should discuss it. And that is, if someone threatens a life, and if you pull a gun in a robbery, and you're the robber, you, by definition, are threatening lives. The mere presence of that gun, perhaps obviously, I hope obviously, uh, is a threat to life. And anyone has the right to defend those lives. Anyone, cop, someone involved, someone who's at the other, the bad end of the gun, a third party walking by, anybody can intervene to save the life of the innocent being subjected to the robbery by the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened here. One of the people subjected to the bad guy uh, had his own gun, responded, and wound up killing the bad guy. And there is no, oh, why did you shoot him in the head versus the that That's all make-believe television nonsense. If a gun's being pointed at you, uh, you shoot, you're lucky if you know exactly where on the target, other than on the target, you're aiming because it's all done very quickly. And then you hope that the guy with the gun, the bad guy, goes down quickly. You hope you don't wing him, even though, oh, well, could you shoot him in the leg? No. You know, guess what a guy who gets shot in the leg can do? Shoot back. Yep. And you don't want that. So you gotta, you've got to ensure that if you're going to shoot a bad guy uh, who's threatening you with a gun, he goes down. Uh, and so all I know is what's listed in the article. The facts seem plausible. Presuming them to be the case, it sounds like the guy who worked at the Pizza Hut did exactly what he could do and exactly what he should do. Defend his life. And the, and the lives of his uh, colleagues. Now, I I agree with it. I just wonder why, you know, they can't put that all together. What is it right. that makes it so difficult that your son was in the process with two other people doing an armed robbery at a pizza hut and was threatening other people at that pizza hut? And people get killed in those robber types of robberies yep. every single day. So this is not kind of, oh, well, why would you think he would actually shoot? Why? Because bad guys shoot robbery victims all the time. That's yeah. why. That's exactly right. That's why. All right, take a break. We'll be right yep. back with you. I'll let you uh, bring up your final story when we come up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Safari Pets, 808 West Main and Cabot. They are the largest independent pet store in Arkansas. That's right. They're in Cabot, and they have everything that you'll need for taking care of your pet or pets. Now, remember, they're at 808 West Main in Cabot. Be there February 10th for their uh, pictures that you can take of the, the dog or cat or pet that you love so that you'll have that for Valentine's Day, and you'll be able to register that day to be uh, in a drawing that's going to be a drawing for a large amount of pet food. Just know that that's there, and you'll want to stop by. Stop by and see the folks at Safari Pets. Ask them questions that you have. That's what they really, really excel at, giving you the information you need to raise your pet healthy, keep them safe, so they'll be a member for your family for a long time. That's Safari Pets, 808 West Main in Cabot. All right, back with your final segment. We've got uh, Robert Steinbach here. Robert sent me a couple of interesting uh, uh, emails over the weekend. One from Maria Bartiromo, 
and uh, dealing with something that I had not had had heard anything about. A, a story I think that she busted on Fox, dealing with six senior leaders of the FBI and DOJ being reassigned or fired based on facts that have come out of the work of the inspector general. We have not seen that report. And uh, from what I am understanding, Robert, this might be the big report everybody's been waiting for, not what came out of the intelligence committee. Well, that's right. And look, we know a little about it because the scuttlebutt seems to be that McCabe, uh, who was the deputy whatever title, deputy director of the FBI, Mm -hmm. uh, resigned earlier than he was expected to, uh, not because of pressure from the president, as some were alleging, but because of this uh, IG report. Uh, And this is a problem, right? Remember, McCabe's name is all over these texts between Strzok, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and, and his girlfriend at the FBI when they were getting the, quote, insurance policy uh, against the president, suggesting that they were doing something nefarious, they were actual activities, actions uh, that they were undertaking to prevent the president from getting elected. Equally, they were talking about uh, a light hand on Hillary because they were presuming that she was uh, going to get elected. And so they were doing her in advance political favors so that they could get payback. That's all cronyism and corruption by definition, obviously. And so uh, uh, the IG report and, and these reassignments, these firings, et cetera, all seem to go to the very issue that we spent most of this hour talking about. That is, upper echelon bureaucrats using the levers of government actively to pursue political and other agendas that are personal. That is the ultimate example of cronyism and corruption and what we have to be vigilant against and what underlies the memo, the Nunes memo. That's what the Nunes memo is ultimately talking about. Cronyism and corruption at the highest levels of law enforcement. Now, more needs to be done to dig into that. But that's the question raised by the Nunes memo. And so to suggest that, to borrow their term, which I don't like, it's a dud. There's nothing there. That is disingenuous and patently on its face, not true, even if at the end of an investigation, it will be determined that there was nothing ultimately wrong going on. That seems doubtful, but of course, we'll find out. But the notion that at this juncture, given what we know already with the, quote, insurance policy, that that a whole investigation is started based primarily on a political hit piece paid for by the Hillary campaign, these are really serious problems that need to be pursued. And the desire to to sweep that under the rug by many All right, Robert. I got to jump in. We'll get together again next Monday, brother. God bless. Bye-bye. Fox News is next. The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. 
For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.